0: This is Unfiltered, episode 229 for March 15th, 2017. Good evening, Chris. It's been a little bit of a hullabaloo around here this evening. I I apologize for being a
1: little flustered. People literally were tweeting at me, shut up, get to Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't before 9 o'clock because I'm not sitting here until 8.59.58. I'm going to go watch. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, And thanks to you at home for joining us for the next hour. You may have heard. uh, We've got some significant breaking news tonight. Um, Donald Trump's tax returns have surfaced at least a portion of Donald Trump's past tax returns.
2: That's right. From tax returns to travel bans, we got it all covered this week on Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news you shouldn't be watching. I'm Chase. There's Chris over hey, there. Buddy. Hey, Chris. So you know, by the way, if you're not following me on Twitter today, and I'm not, I don't like to do a lot of self-plugging at Newness on Twitter. This has been a day, though, buddy. Today's the day you should have been following me on Twitter because, oh my, so. If if you guys have been following the show, and, and you guys know who I am, you know, I'm at Nunes there.
0: Which, by the way, yeah, Chase, you yeah. share the same last name as a representative in that's the U.S. Right. government. A congressman that's on a very important council. <laughs> and, and people might mistakenly think that an important congressman would have his last name as his Twitter handle, Chase. No, no, no. <laughs> I beat
2: him to it. That's right. Yeah, you did. So, at Devin Nunes is the guy's name, D-E-V-I-N-N-U-N-E-S, is the congressman out of California who's been Pissing off a lot of people, uh, and a lot of people. What they do is they they'll they'll just do at newness because they think that's him. They don't know that it's me. Uh, so I, I did. I have tweeted out and I said, "Hey, Devin, can we talk?" He he hasn't responded to me. Uh, maybe it's the gif. Would uh, you be up for selling your Twitter handle to this guy? Well, it's against terms of service to sell. You can't do that. You, so I, at least I at
0: least it used to be that way before. Man, but that just sucks because if he could give you like you know
3: dollars all,
2: all I would need is a congressional favor or two. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's all I, mean,
0: I would need. What I really like, though, so what Chase has been doing all day today <laughs> is responding to people that are tweeting at Nunes— uh and it's funny like these people look like such dumbasses. Like apparently uh you've been called a Russian spy. Right. Yeah. Um <laughs> I I've, I've, I've been said that I work for the KGB and I yeah. said no, I don't, but I can't confirm that I do anyway. You've been asked to comment on how wrong the president is. I like that one. That was good. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> Oh, man, Chase. It's been Uh, interesting. I I, I woke up this morning and Twitter does like, you may have missed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and what it was, and it was the KGB one. And I'm like, (laughs) and my first thought was, oh, my God, is like some Correct the Record listener, like, do they think that Chase is like, are they accusing Chase of being part of the KGB? (laughs) Like, I was going like, the KGB doesn't even exist anymore, you moron. Oh, oh, I see what he's
2: yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, one guy is like, you know, all Devin Nunes likes to do is have his head rubbed yeah. by by you know by them, and I was just like, yeah, I do like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good, dude. But yeah. I, I have a confession for you and the unfiltered audience,
3: Ooh. and
2: it, you know, it, it's one of those things where you know, I uh, you always say save it for the show. Don't don't don't. Yeah, talk it's content, to me. man. Yeah, it's content. It's good content. For omg, the show. omg,
4: omg. So
2: you know, I consider myself uh middle-of-the-road guy, a libertarian kind of guy. I, I tend to vote for the, the best guy that I feel would do the right
5: job. I am it, the it, most fabulous whiner. I,
2: I did not vote for that
5: guy. I do whine because I want to
4: win. I know you want to win. And I, then he apologized like a little baby. I'm sorry. Like a I, disgusting I, little I, weak, what, pathetic baby.
2: What are you saying, Chase? What I'm saying, Chris, is, you know, I do follow Mr. Trump on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I know I probably shouldn't, but I do it for the show so I can be informed and uh-huh, things okay. what's going on. Uh-huh. And just based on the things that he says on on Twitter and also in person and in his stump speeches and his cabinet of people, and I'm not talking about biased or mainstream media coverage. I'm just talking about the things that he says and does. It's really hard for me to try to
0: find neutral and or positive things of the stuff that he's doing. God, you just love it as much as I do. I just love it. And I love watching him say this stuff. I love how he throws little jabs in there. It's so hilarious.
2: And I I know people, you know, people will throw in our faces and my face. Chase, you're being biased. You know, you're in the bag for Trump or you're against him or whatever. And for (laughs) me, I'm just looking at this from a logical mind. And the things – You're things, not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to no, do that. No. I have to fall in line with a party yeah. or something. Well, that really pisses me oh, off. So, let me tell you do. what happened.
0: So here's what happened. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in, the, in, the last, in the last election, what happened was is the middle got hollowed out. The middle was completely devastated. And, and where you used to get attacked for being an extremist on the left or right, now you're attacked for being in the middle. Now you're attacked for wanting to get information. I have a great clip from Glenn Greenwald. Coming up in the overtime that talks about how you can believe that Trump is dangerous and that the narrative that the Russians hacked the election and that Hillary Clinton lost because she was a bad candidate. You can believe both those things and still and still not necessarily be. One or the other sided. You can believe those things and still be politically centered. You can believe those things and still cognitively analyze everything that's coming in just because you might feel one way or the other about who hacked the election or why Hillary lost. It doesn't mean that you are a Trump supporter, it simply means that you are able to take in facts and right. parse them individually and separate yeah. from other bits of information. True. There's a great, I got a great clip about it. Okay. So, check, stay, so stick around. Stay tuned for the. Other I will time.
2: stay for the show. Um, I think that'll be good. But I know one thing I Whoa. always look forward to at the start of every show is I. Uh, Hello everybody. C- I want to cyber, Chris. Do we have something in that. Cyber? You want to do that?
0: You want to do that? Can we cyber? I'm to- ready to cyber. Let's cyber. Let's go into the CIA leaks. Back in to vote
6: Alert. The FBI launching a massive investigation in, to hunt down the mole who leaked CIA's top secrets. Thousands of agents and contractors will be questioned over the leaks that expose secret hacking programs designed to spy using smartphones and TVs. Now WikiLeaks is warning more documents are on the way tweeting this. WikiLeaks has released less than one percent of its Vault 7 series in its part one publication yesterday,
1: year
0: zero. So we got more leaks coming and the investigation has kicked off which is kind of what we, we thought we we thought by by this week we'd be talking about oh now the investigation into the source has started
7: tonight the CIA and the FBI racing to find out who is behind what could be one of the worst US intelligence breaches in modern history that bombshell release of thousands of documents wikileaks claims were stolen from the cia
0: now i'm going to stop here because what's going to happen after this point is we're no longer going to discuss the fact that this was information that was distributed amongst the federal government between multiple contractors multiple agencies okay so we're the, 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 that is no longer part of the narrative so it's going to be dependent upon you the listener to keep that fact in your mind as you listen to the rest of this report
7: Tonight, the CIA and the FBI racing to find out who is behind what could be one of the worst U.S. intelligence breaches in modern history. That bombshell release of thousands of documents WikiLeaks claims were stolen from the CIA. NBC News now learning from a senior U.S. official the documents contain authentic information about the CIA's top secret tools for hacking.
4: If I were inside the agency today, I'd be looking at what was disclosed, who had access to that information, what would be their motivations and
0: abilities to reveal it. This is a lot of misdirection. And whether or not a foreign country like Russia was involved. See, when you have hundreds of thousands of contractors, when you yeah. have multiple agencies, this is a bullshit statement to make in the first place.
7: Two U.S. intelligence sources telling NBC News Russia is suspect because of Moscow's ties to WikiLeaks. So now we just
0: we just accept that it is fact. Even though WikiLeaks has published damaging information about the Russian government, we just accept that it is fact. You know, I thought about this too, Chase. Yeah. If WikiLeaks is run by the Russians and they released Vault 7, why did WikiLeaks redact so much of the code? True. If they're Russians, wouldn't they want it to damage the CIA? Wouldn't they have included right. names? Right. do it? Yeah. And here's the other reason why I mentioned the code, because if WikiLeaks would have included more code, then forensics analysts could have developed better tools to detect this stuff that's on people's systems, and we would have had a lot more stories oh, yeah. about CIA tools discovered. There have been yeah. some, but we would have had a lot more stories about previously, previous attacks attributed to Russia or the Ukraine now revealed to be CIA-tied. If they would have given us more code, that might have happened. It yeah. would have given the, it would have given the WikiLeaks stories more momentum and yet WikiLeaks chose to redact that information to play it safe which to me doesn't seem like something the Russian government would have done. Right, yeah. Who had access to that
4: information? What would be their motivations and abilities to reveal it? And whether or not a foreign
0: country like Russia was involved.
7: Two U.S. intelligence sources telling NBC News Russia is suspect because of Moscow's ties to WikiLeaks.
0: It feels like if you're going to accuse another nation state of that level, that level yeah. of hacking or uh, spying, That might be the time you actually do it through official channels, like through the office of the DNI, or you at least put your name on the record. But instead, we just have NBC once again – For what has to be the 50th time in the last three months, citing unnamed U.S. intelligence officials. This is like a common thing. Andrea Mitchell is just totally okay doing. NBC News Russia is suspect because of Wait, a little bit further back, just so she says it one more time. Was involved.
7: Two U.S. intelligence
0: sources. So, two U.S. intelligence sources. Now, here's the other thing we don't know. Does a U.S. – what defines a U.S. intelligence source? Is it an active member of the U.S. intelligence agency? Is it agency? a
2: third party? Is it a former right. member like yeah. uh,
0: like your buddy Hayden? My buddy, yeah. Good is friend. it, it – what defines – what defines that? I think that's something else they don't – they've never disclosed. What, what – by that definition, is that actually somebody who's active that would have current and up-to-date information with the actual situation? Or is it someone like this person who – Jeremy Bash, who they're playing right now – who used to work for the CIA and is now commenting on it. Is it a former CIA member who's saying, well, this is a likely thing, or is it an active CIA member? What would be their motivations and abilities to reveal it and whether or not a foreign country like Russia
4: was involved?
7: Two U.S. intelligence sources telling NBC News Russia is suspect because of Moscow's ties to WikiLeaks and the hacked emails during the 2016 campaign. Could Russia have hacked the CIA? Or a worse nightmare, could there be a mole, a spy inside the CIA working for Vladimir Putin? Or could a contractor
0: have just released the information for a little bit of cash from WikiLeaks?
7: Other possibilities, a leak from British intelligence partners or the U.S. consulate in Frankfurt, headquarters for the CIA's hacking operation.
0: You know, just the entire consulate. Right. It is a
8: major leak of material. And how they got it will be preoccupying the CIA for weeks to come.
7: Another key question, how badly has the CIA's critical mission been compromised?
5: What this does is reveal not just U.S. capabilities, but it gives a roadmap to America's enemies as to not only how to defend against these uh, capabilities, but also how to use them.
0: That's actually patently false. Uh, what 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 the year what year zero does is it sh- what it tries to demonstrate to some degree of success to another uh, that the U.S. government is stockpiling zero day vulnerabilities that they are purchasing from the black market. Now the thing about a zero day vulnerability, this is what makes it a zero day, is that it is an active exploit in something that is in use and production in the wild that there is no mitigation against. That is what defines a zero day. So you, you do you see. His, his statement is false because it, that's, not how, that's not what was disclosed. I'm going to play it again. It's a major leak of material, and how they got it will
8: be preoccupying the CIA for weeks to come.
7: Another key question, how badly has the CIA's critical mission been compromised?
0: Zero days are a finite thing. They're o- they only last until the vendor patches them. So even if all of your zero days are exposed, which they were absolutely not, they absolutely were not, even if all of your zero days were exposed— you would quickly accumulate no, new zero days, especially if you're purchasing them off the very black market that you're fueling by purchasing them to begin with.
5: What this does is reveal not just U.S. capabilities, but it gives a roadmap to America's
0: enemies as to not only how to defend against these there is no defense against a zero-day vulnerability. That's what makes it a zero-day vulnerability. You take the Android operating system. It has a zero-day vulnerability. That means there is an active exploit in the wild that you can take advantage of that the vendor is unaware of. That that means that if the vendor is unaware of it, the user is absolutely right. unaware of it. Yeah. There is no defense. So that is not damage that occurred to the United States because that doesn't apply to zero-day vulnerabilities. That is a false statement. That's fake news.
7: The commission been compromised.
5: What this does is reveal not just U.S. capabilities, but it gives a roadmap to America's enemies as to not only how to defend against these. Uh, capabilities, but also how... There is
0: no defense.
7: ...to use them. The fear terrorists and others overseas could have a playbook for how the CIA hacks into their smartphones, smart TVs and computers, even into encrypted apps like Signal and WhatsApp. The CIA officials tell NBC News... New- still propagating that they can hack WhatsApp and Signal and Telegram. Wow. They're still
0: saying that. That's not what's the... They can, they can get screenshot-level access to the operating system. These
7: right. could have a playbook for how the CIA hacks into their smartphones, smart TVs and computers, even into encrypted apps like Signal and WhatsApp. So we
0: have uh, continued great coverage of uh, Vault 7 by uh, NBC, who seems to be really doing an uh, excellent job of making it uh, more convoluted than possible.
9: (laughs) Does Glenn Greenwald give any credence to a conspiracy theory that's now getting legs, which says, hey, it wasn't the Russians playing games with our election. It was actually the CIA playing games
0: with our election. Now, I like this idea because what he's asking is, Well, maybe it wasn't the Russians. Maybe it was like a rogue faction of the CIA. Yeah. And it's interesting to even see – to hear this mentioned on CNN. Do you mean the permanent government? Yeah, the the deep state. Uh, And and why does that have to be mutually exclusive? Right. Why do these have to be two things? Why can't the Russians want one outcome for the election and a certain faction within the CIA want an outcome for the election, a certain faction within, within the FBI? Really, aren't we just witnessing proxy wars here to begin with?
10: I think it was probably both, Um, and I think it was not just the CIA and the Russians, but I also think the FBI clearly sided with Donald Trump and did a lot of damaging leaks on purpose to hurt Hillary Clinton. It was almost like a proxy war. Our election was for unseen forces. And what I'm hoping is that we have a real investigation where the evidence is publicly disclosed so that we can stop playing these games with anonymous leaks by people with unseen agendas trying to manipulate b- public out. opinion and we have a real true, examination. I, mean, of,
2: yeah, just I know, saying. I know, I know. Yeah, he's right. He's dead on. All right. All right you get the point. Yeah. What's
10: actually true and what's conspiratorial nonsense. And until now, we don't have that and that's very dangerous.
0: Oh, one more, one more, one more. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd finish it off. <laughs> I just really – I just think that was such Go a – Go for the kill. Yeah, right. yeah.
11: Three congressional
0: IT, information technology, IT employees have been fired. Now, this is a story that uh, – this was the best audio I had on it. That's all right. You know, I know. A little, little, little bit of a hum there. Uh, I got to make a little bit of a uh, admission on the show right now. Wait. You're, you're going to make an admission? I, I chose not to play that a month ago. Wow. I, I didn't play it. I believe we never played it on the show. Uh, and now I regret it because <clears throat> I don't know if this is an alternative to the Seth Rich story. I don't know if – but this is another possibility to the DNC leaks. So House Democrats have fired uh, some IT staffers amid an investigation. And these IT staffers turn out to have uh, connections to your good buddy. My friend. Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Ah, How's DWS doing? She's doing great. Uh, in fact, as of Wednesday, she now has one of these people that have been barred. On her personal payroll as a technology consultant, <laughs> Awan, Avi, and three other aides, including Abida Wan and Jamal Awan, brothers, are all linked to a criminal investigation being conducted by the U.S. Capitol Police. The five current and former House staffers are accused of stealing equipment from members' offices without their knowledge, committing serious, potentially illegal violations on the House IT network, and according to multiple sources uh, with knowledge of the probe – this could be a fairly massive revelation. Um, Armin Iwan is now working as an advisory to Wasserman Schultz after he got barred from uh, going into the house. She, she uh, brought him on to uh, her staff. He's getting paid a big, fat, fat salary, $2 million by her, uh, which I'm not really sure why. She seems, to have a, she seems to have ties to his family overall as well. Um, He's the lead suspect in a criminal probe into breaches of the House of Representatives' information security systems. He possessed the password to an iPad used by the, by the then Democratic National Committee chairperson Debbie Wasserman Schultz. So he had her iPad password. Yeah. Um, his brothers all work as IT professionals for members of Congress. They were barred from the House on February 2nd. Wow. By the sergeant of arms, like they were kicked out. Like it was a big deal. <clears throat> <clears throat> then Debbie swoops in and hires the, the, the uh, I, 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 I Maron, Imran brother, hires him as a technology consultant to her office for $2 million a year. Wow. Brings him in as soon as he sweeps in. She puts in a bunch of obstructions into the investigation. And it, uh, you can go back into the WikiLeaks emails and uh, you can see that he was employed – uh, by the House Office of the Florida Democrats, which is where debbie Wasserman Schultz is, yeah, yeah. Um, and that he also he also worked with the uh, dNC staff, and there 's an email on WikiLeaks where they talk about giving him a password so he can well, log in and help somebody with computer problems, so he had access to the very emails that were leaked Wow, holy crap, uh, also after he was snagged up by uh, Wasserman Schultz back in two thousand and five for some work. He also hired a few of his relatives. They're all getting paid like a collected combined $5 million from different Democrats. Jeez. Over the last six years, the individual individuals in question have worked for 80 members of Congress. And in some cases, they have stolen their hardware and then sold it back to those members of Congress for a massive premium, getting root or administrative access to their computers. Whew. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Earlier this year, the brothers were accused of uh, – of uh, of doing this scheme so that th- this is what begun the investigation. Yeah, Meanwhile, De- yeah. this was earlier this year, right? Debbie's been working with them since 2005. <laughs> they also have ties to Hezbollah. Um, they also have taken Iraq, uh, I- Iraq uh, dissident money. And while they're supposed to be working for the House, they were also running a limited liability corporation called – get ready for this. Okay. CIA. <laughs> what? Which was apparently – At least it looked to be from a – at least from the external appearances, a car dealership that ended up racking up massive debts and fraud accusations. CIA took – CIA took and never repaid a $100,000 loan from an Iranian Iraqi who is a fugitive from U.S. authorities and has been linked to Hezbollah. Oh, jeez. This is Debbie's friends. Good friends. This is Debbie's friends. So these, these individuals, these brothers, had uh, access to many members of Congress, many DNC staffers, uh, eight or six – I can't remember – DNC staffers' emails, which includes everyone whose emails were leaked.
2: Unbelievable. They have connections
0: to Hezbollah. And so this was the report about their firing that came out a month ago that I didn't play on the show, but I had the clip for
11: accessing members, computer networks without permission. Maria's on the show knows more about this. Can you tell me a little bit? Here are their
6: names, Stuart. Let me tell you what the the three uh, people who were fired on Thursday, Abid, Imran and Jamal Awan. They were barred from computer networks at the House of Representatives on Thursday because they accessed congressmen and congresspeople's computer networks unauthorized. At a minimum, they were fired. They haven't been arrested yet. At a minimum, we know that they accessed computers unauthorized. And they did so in foreign intelligence, foreign affairs, and intelligence committees. Okay, so they were
0: getting very important information Key members, right? Key members. Yeah. And I'm sorry about the noise. This again. This is why I didn't play the clip originally. But now that this, this is this now. What I'm about to get to. This is a very important part of the story.
6: Government information. They access these computers. That is the the least of it. There's also some talk that people are looking into what ties they have to terrorism. Do they are they effect, are they impacted by the Muslim Brotherhood? Are they a part of the Muslim Brotherhood? One of them has a criminal background.
0: couple of questions here. Why would somebody with a criminal background get access to these systems?
2: Yeah, I know. I thought they do thorough background checks and security clearances and all that fun
6: jazz.
0: And they had outstanding debt. Why? How is it possible that
6: three brothers are hired, Muslim brothers? I'm uh, just saying, to to work in Congress and deal with our most intelligent and in, in, in sensitive information. Number one, they were all making $160,000. Why were they paid so much? 22 years old. One of the guys was. Others was 25. They're making $160,000, $161,000, and $165,000. Damn millennials. And why, one of them has a criminal background.
1: How does this what happen? Devil. I hear you know. What? I didn't hear story. what you're saying. I mean, these intelligence oh. committees handle our terror right. strategies, right? They got but information looks, on Benghazi, and, too, they, by the way. and it looks like they they
0: yes, they also work for many Democrats in these in these House. Good God! So I'm gonna <clears throat> yeah, that guy. They go on. They talk about what a huge story this is, which never gets attention again. In fact, Art he thought this is going to be such a revelation that it would blow apart the Russian hacked narrative. There
1: has been a twist to the headline. Grabbing election
0: hack in the US,
1: for which Russia was widely blamed for tapping into the Democratic Party servers, with reports now saying it was an internal breach. As a result of an investigation, three brothers, Abed Imran and Jamal Awan, were fired from working on Congress's computer network. They are suspected of accessing specific areas of the system without permission, more commonly known as hacking. It's also believed they stole equipment. RT's Washington correspondent, guy Chichikan takes a closer look at the story. The
12: staffers had access to the
1: computer networks
12: of dozens of lawmakers, including those on the House Intelligence and Foreign Affairs committees. One unnamed lawmaker was quoted by BuzzFeed as saying, quote, they said it was some sort of a procurement scam. But now I'm concerned that they may have stolen data from us. E- They
0: got greedy. If they would have just stuck to the procurement scam or the stealing of the emails, they wouldn't have got caught. (laughs) But they got greedy. Too much. Who
12: knows? Meanwhile, a number of congressional members who employed the three IT specialists have already fired them, but not all. For instance, as of Monday, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz still employed one of the suspects, Imran, who is reported to have worked for her since 2005.
0: You know, it's interesting to watch this because remember when Debbie got fired from the DNC? Hillary swooped in and hired her and gave her a role in the campaign. Yeah. And now you almost see Debbie doing the same thing for this IT person. And I almost wonder if it's hush money. Shut up. Don't screw up the Russian narrative. You're going to be my IT consultancy. And I'm going to pay you well. Here's wealth. a huge yep. fat payment. Yep. Just shut up. Work for me for a little while and let this Russian thing play its out. play out. Just let us do this because it's so much more important for the DNC to say they are hacked by a by a state actor. It's so much more. It's so much more of an attack. Yeah. You know, it's the story. And it's and it was the perfect political climate for them to seize on that and say, oh, it was a state actor. It was a state attack. It was Russia. Russia likes Trump. And if this guy came out and said, well, actually, it was me. Or if it came out that it was Seth Rich, either one of these would completely blow apart Apparently, Vault 7, demonstrating that the CIA makes – leaves fingerprints of Russians, that wasn't enough to convince people. We would really need something like this person to come out or a huge break in the Seth Rich case. But in the meantime – Debbie's paying for this guy to sit around on his butt. Was reported to have
12: worked for her since 2005. Just a reminder: Debbie Wasserman Schultz was forced to resign from her position as the Democratic National Committee chair after her emails were leaked to the public. She, along with the Democratic Party and the U.S. intelligence community, blamed the Russian government. While the alleged hack by Russia was the main story in town, other security breaches seem to have flown under the radar. In October, police arrested National Security Agency contractor. Harold Martin, who, according to prosecutors, stole a staggering 50 terabytes of government data, some of it marked secret or top secret. The prosecutors say the theft occurred over a period of 20 years as Martin worked with different government agencies. Chances are you've never heard of him. Anyway, with staff like this, who needs Russian hackers?
0: (laughs) Oh, <laughs> that's a great line, right? Boom. I <laughs> would step like this. Oh, that is pretty great. So that Fox Business Report that I didn't play a month ago, but I sat on like a moron, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw today they had an update to the story. Like, what are the chances? You're right, yeah. Like, I'm looking at this clip today. I was like, man, I, I probably should have played this clip. And then I start digging around, and I accidentally found that they have an update to the story posted today technology contractors. Yeah, it still has a horrible buzz. I, I'm sorry, Fox guys. Business. Are now under investigation.
11: Buzz now, this is related to a story that we brought some time ago, I think, Ash. Give me yeah. some more on this. These contractors were brought in um, at least six now under investigation, focusing on their access to uh, house computers. In particular, did some of these, including one that worked. For Debbie Wasserman Schultz, this IT person was working with her, uh, had unauthorized access to the House computer system. Were emails possibly hacked? These people
0: who were given the key, if you like, to all the secrets. You know, we covered last week a story that the Obama administration, in a last-stitch effort to preserve the evidence, spread the rumors and the dossier about Trump and the Russians all around the federal government. Huh. And then these guys get access to all of these congressional inboxes, even the intelligence committee's emails they talk about. It could be, these guys could be the source of a lot of recent leaks. And maybe that's why he's on Debbie's payroll. Maybe Debbie is playing a much more pivotable role. Pivotable? Pivotable. That's like a, that's like a critical and pivotal in one. Pivotal, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> a role than we maybe have considered. Look at that. I mean, when she's got that part down the middle of her hair, you never know what's possible.
7: Hacked.
11: Okay. these people who were given the key, if you like, to all the secrets, they weren't authorized to do this. Wasn't it three brothers? Three who brothers. earned a small fortune. Yes. They would take equipment out, and then it was like a procurement scheme, where they would sell it back to the house, back to the uh, Congress, at much higher prices. So there's all sorts of things going on here. The question is, how could people who weren't properly vetted get into yeah. these house computers and all the secrets contained there, you know, within? Well. So Certainly, the emails, but there was other
0: issues going on. Three brothers, and maybe now they say extended family members. Well, extended family members who are getting paid, and, and I have in the show notes, uh, Debbie is apparently friends with the family. Oh
11: man, that could be a very important story. If yes, you've got access to all these high flown congressional people. Yes, you've got access to their computers, yep. and you're not on the up and up. That's a big problem. Yep. Very good story. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so
0: let's just sit on it for another month. <laughs> Jerks. They went nowhere with it. So that's your cyber for this week. What'd you think? That's a very good cyber. Was a good cyber I, I, for you?
2: You know what? I feel exhausted.
0: Let's uh, let's let's shift gears to I think what people are there's the taxes and the tapping, the taxes and the tapping, the wire tapping of Trump's lines from Obama and the uh, taxes. So. There was a deadline. I don't, I don't know why there was a deadline for the proof that Trump was wiretapped, but there's not a deadline for the proof that the Russians hacked the DNC. I don't know why we have a deadline for one and not a deadline for the other. I meant to look into it before the show because I'm sure there's a reason, but I don't know what it is. I don't understand why we have – well, Mr. Trump ha- or, the, or the Department of Justice has to provide evidence of these claims within a certain amount of time or we won't investigate. But then when it comes to the Russians meddling, quote-unquote, with the election or hacking the DNC, we can just speculate for months. I don't understand why – anyways. Anyways. Missing from the entire discussion around was Trump wiretapped or not is the Snowden reality. It's like we just forgot about Edward Snowden and all of the NSA leaks. Like we're so focused – On did they go through the Department of Justice or did they go through the FBI to do a wiretap of Trump lines were so focused on this bullshit scenario – That we fail to recognize the fact that the NSA is still doing bulk surveillance. They're still collecting all of the metadata of U.S. citizens via the cellular companies and the phone companies and that there is an entirely new level of surveillance that can take place that does not require the FBI or the Department of Justice. And so I have failed to witness any discussion in the media with this reality in the context except for when it comes to the judge.
13: Our first guest tonight says the president can order the NSA to install any wiretap of anyone at any time, and he does not require a warrant. Joining us tonight, Fox News senior judicial analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano. That statement, Judge, has just cleared away. Uh, it seems like an endless uh, amount of uh, underbrush surrounding this story. I'm sorry for the misunderstanding that there is around this story, but the statute is very
14: clear. This is the statute that creates the FISA Court, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. And that statute says, notwithstanding anything in this statute, the president may order the surveillance of any person in the United States of America upon the filing of uh, of a certification by the Attorney General that it relates to national security. A filing that nobody can read, not even the judges with whom it is filed. So I don't know if this happened, but the notion that President Obama would have had to ask the FBI to get a search warrant, out of the question. The FBI has nothing to do with this. They're interested in law enforcement. The idea that he would go to a FISA court to do this, Out of the question. Why would he go to the FISA court to get a warrant to do something that he himself has the right to do? The attitude that they actually had to to tap Trump, out of the question. Because every phone call on every mobile device and landline, every keypad touched on every mobile device and desktop, every piece of digital information that flows into, out of, or through the United States on fiber optics, captured in real time digitally by the NSA. The NSA is in the Pentagon. It works for the president. It is a military entity. He says, I want a transcript of what Donald Trump said to Lou Dobbs on, fill in the date, I'm making this up hypothetically. The transcript transcript shows up on his desk.
13: that's That's not quite true. We're going to get to that in a moment. Three days of reporting on this. Judges did millions of people watching and listening to you right now. And they didn't hear any major news organization point that out. They also did not hear... Uh, a, 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 any representative of President Obama categorically say that there is no way that we would have permitted the President of the United States to uh, to wiretap, to surveil, to uh, read the emails. In out. fact,
0: if we played Josh's response, you remember Josh is like, uh, well, Martha, what I can say is that we would never get in the way of the United States right. intelligence <laughs> officials yeah. from... Uh, so the judge goes on a couple of days ago. he has that interview and he he was kind of wrong about the process there and I think after he got on the air and he made that statement it's possible he was contacted by by again people in the intelligence agency i 'm going to play a clip here in a second i don't who knows if this is accurate. Judge napolitano could be making this shit up he could be he could be one hundred percent right who knows uh i i do i do think about. If I was going to give more credibility to Josh Ernest or Judge Napolitano, I would probably give it to Judge Napolitano. If I was, if I was honest, I, I, I tend to think that Judge Napolitano, he has less to lose here. So what he's about to say in this interview, I also have audio of Judge Napolitano saying on, on, in a radio interview not connected to Fox News. Judge Napolitano is not an employee of Fox News. Judge Napolitano doesn't have to say this. And he seems to have more specifics, although it's still vague, but he seems to have more specifics than we generally get. But I think this could be why Donald Trump will never have proof that he was monitored. The D- Department of Justice will never have proof. The FBI will never have proof. There will never be any proof that Donald Trump was monitored because of what he's about to lay out.
5: Meanwhile, the White House faced with yesterday's deadline to show proof Trump Tower was wiretapped ahead of the election. Now explaining what the president really meant by his explosive claims, here's Sean Spicer.
4: Go, spicy Sean! He doesn't really think that President Obama went up and tapped his phone personally, I think. think? But, but I think there's, a, there's no question that the Obama administration, that there were actions about surveillance. The president used the word wiretap in quotes to mean broadly surveillance and other activities that's not what he Judge said. Napolitano
2: said. That is not what he said. He what, said Trump?
0: That, that Obama had his wires tapped. Uh, we read the tweet on the air. Yes, we did. And it was wire tapped was in quotes. So? Why would you put it in quotes? Because he's trying to emphasize something. No, dude. Come on, a that sounds like cognitive a, dissonance, right there. A tweet is a tweet, come on, wiretapped. It means you can't. You, I'm, calling this, I'm calling this. I'm calling this wiretapping. You know air quotes. You, 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 I'm air
3: quotes. sorry, but you
2: know what? You can't. Just like in, in a chat room or a one-on-one chat operation or a tweet, you can't. Uh, you can't. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: You can't uh, have that infliction. You don't I agree. Know. That it's you the worst know. medium possible. Yes. But uh, I do think that. I actually think he carefully words his tweets. Very, In fact, I, I very succinctly read the, the tweets last week with the commas, with the quotes because I think it does matter. I, I really do believe that he put wiretapped in quotes because he is a 70-year-old man and that's what 70-year-old men call it. They don't realize that it's section 301 of bulk metadata collection that is being analyzed by the X-Selector program and then being relayed via the NSA. Like that's not his parlance. His parlance is wiretapped. He's a 70-year-old man. So he put it in quotes, wiretapped, because he knew that wasn't exactly what it was, but he only has 140 characters, so he has to relay the idea.
2: He can tweet as many times as he wants as he's proven.
5: (laughs) Judge Napolitano says even if the president, uh, former president Barack Obama's uh, White House did spy on this president, there may never be a way to prove it. It doesn't mean
0: it didn't happen. Here to explain, Fox News judicial analyst Judge Andrew but Napolitano. Judge. Now, this, again, I say could be shit, right? This could be shit. However, I, I just if we had never seen the Snowden leaks, if we've never seen Vault 7, I, I, you could make a stronger case that this was Fox News trying to cover for Trump. But I think if, I think the only reason why you would really tell yourself that is because you have the luxury of being that naive because these intelligence agencies that he's speaking about are taking care of problems that you've never had to worry about. I, I think it is our own na- naivety that we are, we are so, we are so unaware of how complex this situation is that it is easier for us to believe the narrative that Fox News is snowjobbing us than it is to actually consider that this may be really what's happening. And I would wager to bet, simply just based on the amount of emails I've gotten from people that have been in service positions in the past who've written in, and i got to say, I get really long emails from these guys, and there's always one thing that I take away. It's way worse than you guys think. It's way worse than you talk about. You only know half of it. Wow. That's always what they say, always, for the years that we have done this show. So when, when I take that kind, of, that kind of repetitive repetitive phrase that's come over my email year after year after year and I hear about this, I think maybe the reason why we dismiss this stuff is because we are naive, because we want to buy into the more comforting narrative.
5: Judicial analyst, Judge Andrew Napolitano.
0: Judge, what do you mean he can't prove
5: it? I thought thought he could prove everything. We have all the American surveillance and technology at our fingertips.
14: Okay, so the the statutes authorize the President of the United States to order the surveillance of any person in the United States of America without suspicion, without probable cause, and without a warrant, meaning he doesn't have to go to yeah. a court to do it. So he can order the NSA, which already has the digital version of our phone calls, to to transcribe the digital version into a transcript and give it to him. But if he does that, there's a record of...
0: So that's the correction he's making from his previous on-air time. This is the difference. ...to
14: him. But if he does that, there's a record of the order. Right. So three intelligence sources have informed Fox News.
0: So he's saying
14: three intelligence
0: sources, again, leakers, have told
14: Fox News three. That President Obama went outside the chain of command. He didn't use the NSA. He didn't use the CIA. He didn't use the FBI. And he didn't use the Department of Justice. He used.
2: Do you have a guess? The Agricultural Department?
0: <laughs> There's something that was revealed to us in the Snowden leaks that is one of the most disturbing elements that has never been properly discussed. And I don't know how to discuss it. But there are some in the five eyes that get a completely unadulterated, uncensored, full-fledged tap, even of domestic collections. Huh. Israel is one of these. They get a full feed. Okay. Okay. And there's another group that gets a full feed.
14: GCHQ.
0: They get a full feed and they are able to analyze domestic calls, texts, and encrypted records completely unobstructed by the Constitution. It's something that was clearly laid out in the Snowden documents. It's something that we all know. It is the reality of the situation. But yet we don't talk about it
14: the president obama went outside the chain of command he didn't use the nsa he didn't use the cia he didn't use the fbi and he didn't use the department of justice he used gchq what the heck is gchq that's the initials for the british spying agency they have 24 7 access to the nsa database so by simply having two people go to them saying, President Obama needs transcripts of conversations involving candidate Trump, conversations involving President-elect Trump, he's able to get it. That seems like
0: a lot of specifics. Yeah. Three sources, how he got the information, why he had to go this way, the number of people that went to request the information. That's a, these are yeah. a
14: lot of specifics. Yeah. To the NSA database so by simply having two people go to them saying president obama needs transcripts of conversations involving candidate trump conversations involving president-elect trump he's able to get it and there's no american fingerprints on this so you're saying that the british use their version of the cia to wiretap donald
5: trump's uh, phone or well
14: it's, it's it's not a wiretap the concept of plugging a wire into into a phone box in the basement of a building is what the law was when these statutes were written in 1978 everything is done electronically now
0: exactly and
14: also the other reason i want to play this clip is the judge is one of the few commentators
0: that genuinely understands this concept he's everybody else pretty much
14: this has all gone over their head concept of plugging a wire into into a phone box in the basement of a building is what the law was when these statutes were written in 1978. Everything is done electronically now via computer. The NSA has 24-7, 365 access to every mainframe computer of every telecom and every computer service provider that does business in the United States. And they share that with various intelligence agencies, including the Brits. So the British intelligence agency had this.
0: I don't know if this is true or not. This absolutely does seem like a possibility. It could, seems like something that could have happened. It seems like something that perhaps if you had access to as the president of the United States and you were worried about Trump winning, you might take advantage of, especially if they can't trace it back to you. And what's great about it is Obama would have done it in a way he knows it wouldn't would tra- could have been tracked back. So Trump is trapped. When he makes a big stink about it, because they can never they can never really provide evidence because either a so, it was done in a way that can't be tracked or b it was done using methods that are classified and therefore will never be disclosed. So let's play this out for a little bit. If that's if let's say that what the judge is
2: saying is true and Trump got whiff of it because of the uh, what was it the. Uh, a Breitbart article and then the eleven. It
0: could be that. So so why... why One thing about that, though. But why would he go ahead and, and, and tweet out about it then? I'm like, aware of the timing. I don't know. Um, as a distraction, perhaps? From Russia? From anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah anything, really. Um, it, you know, it could be that. The thing is, is that uh, your really good friend... My buddy. Mike Rogers, the director of the NSA, and I got links in the show notes about this, yeah. visited with Trump... Without Obama's permission, right around when this wiretapping would have been taking place, he went in there ahead of time and basically hedged his bet. There is also two FISA court attempts, one that was denied, one that was approved to monitor Trump's associates. And we've seen, again, with these leaks that when you monitor a few associated people, they can make mini hops over to monitor other people. That's not – Yeah. And it's not, again, like it's it's not necessarily going through the FBI or the Justice Department. Right. Wow.
15: A local TV interview caught our eye last night. John Kosick of Channel 5 in Cleveland. You know, this right there caught my attention. I just got to be honest
0: with you when I was watching this clip because there is so much shit that I play on this show that's on local TV that's not getting any attention. Like Ben Swan, by the way. Oh, yeah. Where's Ben Swan, by the way? We played a clip from him months ago
3: <laughs> which
0: got Correct the Record on our asses for playing a clip about Pizzagate. Now, we, now Correct the Record's in our subreddit. It's just wonderful. And Ben Swan got fired... And they weren't playing those clips. Like, it's interesting what CNN chooses to play from local
15: TV. They almost
0: ignore it. Like, it doesn't exist at all, except for when it benefits their narrative.
15: A local TV interview caught our eye last night. John Kosick of Channel 5 in Cleveland asked Vice President Pence about President Trump's evidence-free accusation that President Obama had him wiretapped last year. Oh, I thought he was going to say something about the Russian hacking. Here is how Vice President Pence responded
9: yes or no do you believe that
13: president obama did that
15: well what what i can say is that uh, the
11: president and our administration are very confident that the congressional committees in the house and senate that are examining issues surrounding the last election the run-up to the last
15: election will do that in a thorough and equitable way i'm sure you noticed that the vice president was asked yes or no do you believe president obama committed this action one that both the fbi director and former director of national intelligence have said did not happen and the vice president did not answer
0: now all of a sudden all of a sudden we're calling them out when they don't properly answer the questions right. that's like their business of, of not properly answering. every questions. politician does. oh this. jake oh Come on, jake, jake. Yeah, I, Minecraft mug. Come it, on. yeah it just seems like he's going he's going all in he's really going all in I, I the reason why i don't understand why jake seems so outraged is his own fellow journalists have been tapped In fact, there was a former CBS reporter while this show was just getting on the air that was fired and her lines were tapped.
6: She broke big stories involving both the Benghazi scandal and the Fast and Furious scandal, and in return, Emmy Award-winning journalist Cheryl Atkinson says she was silenced by her network CBS and perhaps even the Obama administration. She
5: details her shocking story in the brand-new book out today, Stonewalled, My Fight for Truth Against the Forces of Obstruction, Intimidation, and Harassment in Obama's Washington.
0: We're joined right now by... So when we were first starting this show, before we went on the air, for about six months, I built up our clip production pipeline. Like I practiced like we had a weekly show and I figured out how to collect clips because I knew that once the show started – What would happen is we would get on the air. Week one would happen. We'd have a great episode. And then I would collapse in collecting all of the stuff I would need for the next week's show. I have other shows. Yeah. So for six months and almost really a year before this show ever started, I built up this production pipeline. And there were times where Chase and I were driving around out here talking about audio shows and how we would like to do shows differently, comparing it to other shows, driving out around Savannah meets, discussing all of this on the windy roads. And during this time, I was building a pipeline and I was creating mock shows. And one of the mock shows I created was around this woman. She was fired from CBS for covering Benghazi. Now, I didn't fully understand the situation back then, so I never really did anything with it. But now looking back on it, I have a much better understanding of the Benghazi situation. I was still developing my understanding back then. And it, to now to see this, it's interesting because there are so many parallels to what's going on right now.
5: Author, journalist Cheryl Actinson. Uh, Cheryl, great to see you. Thanks for In person, me. your first time
16: on the couch. Yeah, thank you.
5: So what made you say to yourself, this has been so pervasive uh, and it's so egregious, I have to write a book about
17: it?
16: Well, a couple of people came to me and said uh, they thought there was a book to be written, something about either my experiences to date or my experiences at CBS. The computer issue was not part of the plan at the time because issue. the people who spoke to me didn't know sure. about it.
18: Mm-hmm. And of course, famously, you
5: you were one of the trailblazers of the networks, covering Fast and Furious, and then you covered uh, Benghazi, you tried to cover it as much as you can. And then we've got some video, and this is
18: from your cell phone. Tell us what's happening to your computer right there.
16: The, the very fast. Wiping, which I think you missed' but for wipe. a couple of seconds, the wiping was at this hyper speed that some had falsely said can be duplicated with a backspace key holding it down you 're watching your
18: computer somebody 's right. operating
16: it oh, I, was, I was working on yeah. questions, and really a couple of pages of material just wiped very fast with that What was the topic? What seconds. was it about I was crafting questions for an interview with Ambassador Thomas Pickering of the Accountability Review board on Benghazi and I found that I could only stop it if I put my thumb on the mouse pad. And I could pause it, but as soon as I let up again, more stuff would wipe it.
0: Of course, at first I thought that sounded really stupid, but then I thought, well, what if they were actually trying to make it noticeable? It
16: wasn't something I couldn't recreate. This was described to me by the experts who looked at it afterwards as an attempt to let me know they could do that. this was many months after three separate computer forensics analyses had said there were these remote intrusions in my computer.
5: And you also had problems with your your phone, uh, with it clicking off, uh, dialing right in, going right to uh, voicemail, not being able to communicate.
0: It became a joke with your friends. What were you thinking during this entire time? Now, I don't know if any of this ends up being true, but the surveillance of journalists... That part is something that has been established. So I, I find this whole like if, if the journalists themselves are getting surveilled, if Congress members are getting surveilled, why is it such a stretch to think that a presidential candidate might be getting surveilled? It doesn't seem like a big stretch to me. No, it's totally not. I bet all the candidates, all the major
2: presidential candidates probably are under some sort of surveillance during the election.
0: And, and would it, if it wasn't Obama, so let's say it was Trump that was in office and Obama was running. Would we would we doubt that Trump surveilled Obama? No, I don't think there would. We would think, of course, Donald Trump abused his power and he surveilled the uh, opposition candidate. Right, but because it's because it's untouchable, Barry. Because we've all bought into the Barack Obama narrative, hope and change. We just oh, it must be it must be outrageously untrue. It must be, and I think I think even if it is false. The concept that there is a group of people inside the different agencies that apparently have it all out for Trump, that's not that crazy. With Congress to fix it. Hunter. Thank you, Sean. Um, Does the White House believe there's such a thing as the deep state that's actively working to undermine the president? (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's so stupid. (laughs) The deep state. Is he so stupid?
4: With Congress to fix it. Hunter.
0: Thank you, Sean. Um, Does the White House believe there's such a thing as the deep state that's actively working to undermine the president? You see how he used the quotes? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there's easy to no emphasize, question. Have, though,
2: in hmm? that, e- easy to emphasize, though, in, in that
4: kind in of a, setting. In
0: that kind of context?
4: Yes. Well, I think that there's no question when you have eight years of, of one party in office uh, that there are people who um, stay in government, who have affiliated with, you know, joined and, and continue to espouse the agenda of the previous administration. So I don't think it should come in any surprise that there are people that. Burrowed into government during eight years of the last uh, administration and, you know, may have believed in that agenda and and want
0: to continue to seek it. I don't think that should come as a surprise to anyone. Is that that shocking? He's not saying that it's some deep state. He's saying that there have been people have been around for a while and they think politics should work in a certain way. And they're still around. And I think that happens with every administration yeah. that
2: has happened through the past, what, 150 years? Like, did
0: you see this big hoopla, this big hoopla, this big hoobadoo? I can't remember what Rachel Maddow called it. But there was this big to-do about uh, them firing a bunch of attorneys. Oh, yeah, the U.S. attorneys. And that happens. All the time. Yeah, I think
2: what triggered, though, the—, the Triggered. Uh, you said triggered. I know, I know. What uh, kind of triggered the, the fallout on that was the district attorney from New York— uh, who was told asked by Trump, "Hey, can you stay on? Will you stay on?" You know, so I think they honed in on that part. The other part, yeah, that that's always happened. I wasn't too concerned about that, but when you know, when you got an attorney saying, you know, Trump said, "Hey, he wanted me to stay on. He asked me to, and I said, okay, sure, I will.'" And then all of a sudden, this happens. You know, yeah, I can understand the little brushback on that,
0: just for that guy.
2: For the other guys, no big deal.
0: That feels like the kind of shit that has never, ever been reported on before. Like, nobody's ever really taken notice of that. Really? That feels like a real nuanced thing about the United States government that in the past would never have gotten reported on. It was a flash in the pan, though. Yeah, you're right. It was. Once once the clips of uh, uh, Napolitano, or not Napolitano, Janet Reno... And uh, Clinton firing like 98 attorneys in one day. Once those started surfacing, people shut up. Actually, you know what? It
2: has been reported on. I remember because the district attorney of Seattle eight, nine years ago, he was fired. And he was a great guy.
0: Yeah, it gets gets reported on. It does. 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 It's just this whole back and forth drama of it seems. seems, And and, and people report it like it's a new thing.
2: And it's not. It's, It's par for
0: the course. Now, this is the whole Michael Flynn thing. I still find this to be fascinating because now there is evidence that uh, he is a uh, shilling for Erdogan and Erdogan is not a good guy.
19: Remember General Michael Flynn? Who? General Michael Flynn was a foreign agent. The president's first national security <laughs> advisor who lied to the vice president about his conversations with Russian leaders and was forced to resign after 24 days on the job was also working to help the Turkish leader as a lobbyist. During the U.S. presidential campaign, do you
0: hear Shep like? Do you hear him breathing like it's forced, man? Do you hear that? Yeah, <gasps> uh. Shep is uh, Shep is. Uh, oof. He needs to lay off the pipe. So I think that <laughs> I think this is a this is a really interesting little uh, turn of events here because Michael Flynn, who started as a much praised, all I could get was audio on how praised Michael Flynn was, and both of you are like I, you and I were both like I don't know about this guy, but he right. seems to get a lot of praise, and then and then boom. Now he's now he's wham, wham. All of a sudden he's uh, he was talking to the Russians. And now now he's getting money from the Turks.
19: Michael Turkish? Flynn now admits he was working to help Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the, the authoritarian Turkish president, during the run up to the United States election. Got a half million dollars while, among other things, writing an op-ed for The Hill saying how great Erdogan was and how awful a Turkish dissident was.
0: You know, this is an awkward situation. Shep's got to be careful because he's on Fox. So he's and he's going anti-Trump here, which is a little awkward to begin with. But the other problem, Chase, is that Turkey is a NATO member. Yeah. And that shit's super awkward. Like, our situation. So, like, all of a sudden, are we shunning a guy because he was friends with a NATO member? Right, yeah. That's a weird situation we're getting into, but at the same time, like, there's an agenda that has to be pushed forward. To
19: the United States election. Got a half million dollars while, among other things, writing an op-ed for The Hill saying how great Erdogan was and how awful a Turkish dissident was.
0: Also, this reveals how shit the media is because you can get paid by somebody. And just because you've got a brand name, in this case, Michael Flynn, you've got a brand. You can just all of a sudden publish for them. You can get paid. God, what a win, dude. This is why you got to get into politics. This is why you get into politics. Dude, think about this. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So, you get paid by foreign governments to talk about how great they are, and then you get paid by publications to, to publish that very, that very piece that you were paid to write in the first place. Right. You're getting paid on both ends. This is why you become a politician. Podcasting is for suckers. Don't you know I already am a politician, backed Chris? Backed by the United
19: States. <laughs> and he did that while we were deciding who would be our next president. And while he, the former Army Lieutenant General and Intelligence Chief, was on the campaign uh-huh. trail with Donald Trump. That's right. Complaining about pay for play as he was paid to play by a businessman in support of the Turkish leader whose voting base is Islamic voters.
0: Now, uh, Shep, you know, always been one of my favorites. He's got the big touchscreens. You've got to love that because he's got uh, Twitter feeds and his That's logo. Fox News deck, man. And his name. You know, yeah. Have you noticed how, like, there's half the amount of staff that we used to be on this set? And now they just have, like, his logo full screen instead of the Twitter feeds and stuff? <laughs> like, they've really dialed it back, which is which is interesting. And it makes me wonder if perhaps this show is not doing so well because— it kind of feels like Shep's about, if you listen to what he's saying, he's about to go to Hillary's defense on Fox News.
19: Backed by the United States. And he did that while we were deciding who would be our next president. And while he, the former Army Lieutenant General and Intelligence Chief, was on the campaign trail with Donald Trump, complaining about pay for play. Pay for play
0: is a reference to Hillary Clinton and the way that she was channeling money through the Clinton Foundation to do favors people via the State Department.
19: Mm-hmm as he was paid to play by a businessman in support of the Turkish leader whose voting base is Islamic voters.
5: Lock her up. That's right.
19: Yes, that's right. Lock her up. He chanted about Hillary Clinton. Lock her up. Lock her up. Before he was on the Trump transition team and before he became the national security adviser. Mike Flynn registered as a foreign agent, not before he became one last year, but night before last, retroactively.
0: Yeah, I think somebody said, hey, man, you better make sure this is on the books. Otherwise, they're going to come after you.
19: And now the man who paid him is actually asking for his half million dollars back.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. That's the best part of the story, dude. That is the best part. Yeah, Shep is going after him, man. It's great. I, I have loved the hell out of watching Shep's feed. It has been good stuff. I haven't gotten a lot of clips out of Shep recently, but it's been really good. Well,
2: they're going to keep Shep because, remember, Fox News is fair and balanced. And, of course. you know, they got to have that uh,
0: other point. Of, of view. course. Of yeah. course. And, you know, if things get rough, Chase, yeah. you know, could always take out your aggression by hopping the White House fence. Oh.
6: Here's what President Trump had to say about this midnight
1: security lapse.
0: Do you remember what Chuck Schumer said a few months back? He said that if you cross the intelligence agencies, they got five ways from Sunday— of getting back at you. That's right. I remember that.
3: Uh,
5: secret Service did a fantastic job last night. I appreciate it. Yeah. Secret Service did a uh, fantastic job. It was a troubled person.
0: It was a troubled person, Chase. It was a troubled person. A troubled person. Hey, Chase? Yes? A troubled person. A troubled person? A troubled person. You
5: know, per se. Per se. Secret you. Service it was fantastic.
0: Thank you. He looks... I've I've never seen... a. I've never seen Donald Trump look more – how would you describe him right there? Um, casual-ish. How would you describe his facial expression? He doesn't look like he's winning. No. He no. looks like – He looks al- like a guy who's stuck. <laughs> yeah, he looks a little fucked. Yeah. He looks like he's scared a little bit. He looks a little scared. Just a little bit. He looks a little stuck. He, You know, he normally looks at the camera and – you yeah, know, yeah. he does the grimace and, and yeah, points yeah. the thumb. Yeah, uh, that's this is a this is a visual of Donald Trump I have never seen before.
2: Yeah, tired. Yeah, that's a good one, Malik. In tired. The yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Tired. A little defeated.
2: Yeah. A little beaten. Yeah. It's only been what a month and a half, <laughs> two months. Man.
0: Now, what if? <clears throat> now, now, sometimes, you know, I, I, I'm I, not saying this is absolutely the case, but I do have a little bacon for you. Ah,
2: uh, yep. Yeah, that's very tasty bacon from Marble Mount.
0: What if, uh... Because, you know, this guy, he crosses the fence, and he makes it all the way to the residence without getting stopped. And he's got a backpack. He's got a backpack, Chase. Now, what does a backpack tell you? It could have anything inside. Right. Is... Is... Is this a message from the intelligence agencies? Did they find some lunatic and coerce him to do this, Oof. put a backpack on him and send a message and say, we can get to you any way we want. We can get to you through the media. We can get to you through your allies. We can get to you physically. Wow. Just to scare him up a bit? Just a bit. Oof. Just a bit. Just to, just to, just to freak him out a little bit.
2: Oh, boy. Oof.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think right. that's probably. But it's interesting to think about it a little bit and keep watching that story because if that's true then what next would seem to me would be like uh, he's at – he's going to these rallies right now. By, Somebody gets close to him at a rally.
2: By the way, I don't know if you heard, but they're going to raise the uh, fence around the White House another few feet.
0: <laughs> there you go. Good. Yeah. And put some drones out there, Chase. <laughs> uh, so, you know, let's see if there's any more examples where it escalates a little bit. Right. Then that might that might prove it out to right. be true. All right. Well, moving on, uh, we let's stop talking about that troubled man and let's talk about Donald Trump's troubles with his tax returns. This was an interesting thing because this is when Chris has to go into work mode at the end of the day. So uh, I'm, I'm at home and uh, I see the tweet from Rachel Meadow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've got Trump's taxes on the show tonight. Seriously. So I watch in anticipation of a major revelation. Good evening, Chris. It's been a little bit of a hullabaloo around here this evening. I apologize for being a- So these two are uh, beside themselves with excitement. Uh, Rachel Meadow, uh, this, is, this is the apex for her of what has been a ratings bonanza since Donald Trump was elected. She even beat out Fox News recently in the ratings. Did you know this? No. She's been killing it, dude, wow. with the ratings. So this was... This was the sort of knock it out of the park, home run, let's get all the ratings we can, take advantage of it. And she was in full-fledged, totally obnoxious mode last night.
1: Good evening, Chris. It's been a little bit of a hullabaloo around here this evening. I apologize for being a little flustered.
0: People literally were tweeting at me, shut up, get to Rachel. (laughs) Well, you can't before 9 o'clock. These guys are—I I can't even describe—how would you describe their facial expressions right now, Chase? Oh, uh, 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 elated? Elated, yeah. Elated, yeah. yes.
10: Because I'm I not sitting I, here I
1: to respond. Okay. until 8, 59, 58. I'm going to go watch. Usual. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, and thanks to you at home for joining us for the next hour. You may have heard uh, we've got some significant breaking news tonight. Um, Donald Trump's tax returns have surfaced, at least a portion of Donald Trump's past tax returns. Now,
0: I don't know what happened here, but the tweet got everyone in the news business to, tu- to tune in. And watching Twitter at this moment was hilarious because it's like watching the Oscars and everyone's quippy commentary. Yeah. All of the journalists were tweeting their commentary about Rachel Meadow in real time. She's got the big revelation. Now her tweet says we've got Trump's taxes. Now she says we've got a portion of Trump's taxes. I don't know if it's her ego I don't know if it's her desperation to establish a narrative, but what happens from this moment, and I have the entire thing in the supporters' sink, was 20 minutes of Rachel Meadow building the case for why U.S. presidents must release their taxes. Now, all of us agree, for the most part, that he should do that. She doesn't need to do this.
1: Uh, What we have tonight has been uh, turned over to a reporter. These are returns for one year, it's a federal return. This is the first time we believe. You can hear she's a little nervous.
2: Yeah, she's like, I, this is it. This is the big moment.
1: Federal return. This is the first time we believe any federal tax returns for Donald Trump have been obtained by anyone, certainly by any news organization, since he became a presidential candidate, let alone president.
0: Um, I want to tell she's you. She's blinking a lot, dude. She's, she's blinking a lot. For
1: one year, it's a federal return. This is the first time we believe. ANY FEDERAL TAX RETURNS FOR DONALD TRUMP HAVE BEEN OBTAINED BY ANYONE, CERTAINLY BY ANY NEWS ORGANIZATION, SINCE HE BECAME A PRESIDENTIAL CANDIDATE, LET ALONE PRESIDENT. Um, I WANT TO TELL YOU THAT THE WAY WE GOT THIS DOCUMENT, THE WAY WE GOT THIS TRUMP TAX RETURN IS THROUGH DAVID K. JOHNSTON. DAVID K. JOHNSTON IS A PULITZER PRIZE-WINNING INVESTIGATIVE JOURNALIST. HE'S A SPECIALIST ON TAX ISSUES AND ON FINANCIAL REPORTING. DAVID K. JOHNSTON AND HIS REPORTING SHOP, DCREPORT.ORG,
0: THAT'S WHO OBTAINED THIS RETURN. This is an important piece of information because he's sort of the perfect person to get this. He is a tax journalist. He has a good understanding of tax, tax law, tax deductions, and he's written a book on Donald Trump. He's followed Donald Trump for many years and he hates the guy. So the problem with Rachel Meadow, though, is she then spent the next 19 minutes building the case for tax returns. During this 19 minutes – the White House just released the information to everybody. They just preempted her. They, they confirmed what she had. And, they, and, and everyone went on the air, CNN, everyone went on the air and just laid out all the information while Rachel Meadow was building her case.
18: And now to a Fox News alert. The hits keep coming. NBC at it again. This time, their cable outlet has reported what it says is President Trump's tax returns from the year 2005. The White House has responded tonight. Trace Gallagher is here with the details. Hey, Trace.
0: And we're kind of watching Rachel Maddow as she goes on here, Tucker. What- now, this is a jab because all of the media on Twitter at this point is incensed. If you really have something of national importance, you should have ran with it at the beginning. In fact, she even made people wait through 19 minutes of establishing why tax tax returns are important, and then a commercial break. And that's when people lost it. So this guy's taking jabs, saying, yeah, we're all sitting here letting Rachel run her mouth, but let's just tell you the information.
5: And we're kind of watching Rachel Maddow as she goes on here, Tucker, and what we're learning is that she so far has revealed very little if anything about these taxes, saying that they were uncovered by an investigative reporter, um, and that, in fact, the, the big mystery here is how these things surfaced in the first place and maybe that would lead to further avenues of reporting so
2: i have a theory and this this is my bacon moment i i don't do bacon moments too many times on this
0: show now before okay so uh just so just so we know yes uh really quick before you go to the bacon all right
6: the american public Finally, getting a glimpse at President Trump's federal tax returns. Investigative journalist David K. Johnston obtaining the first two pages of Mr. Trump's 2005 taxes. The document shows he paid $38 million in taxes on more than $150 million in income, giving him an effective tax rate of roughly 25 percent. The White House confirming the figures in a statement on Tuesday night.
0: So there's the details. He, pay, he effectively paid 25 percent in taxes. All right. So here here is uh, my
2: my yeah, very tasty thick cut bacon Ooh, by the way. Can I pepper this or is it already peppered? No, please pepper it. Okay. Add some pepper. And,
0: uh, and you know like bacon in the oven at 400 yes, degrees, just let it 20 si- minutes. sizzle
2: there. Oh, it's so good. <sighs> With the White House confirming right away that this tax return was authentic. Meaning, you know, they confirmed the numbers and this and they you know, and they tried to steal Maddow's thunder away. Um I I truly believe that Trump or someone connected with the Trump organization leaked this. And the reason why was because of this 25% number, right? That he, Oh, yeah, he paid 25% on taxes, right? Everything looks pretty good. There was a big markdown, but no details. This is just like the summary sheets of the tax returns. But on top of that, uh, this is, I believe, the first return that Trump filed that showed that he was married. Married to Melania Trump, right? All the ones previous to this were single uh, tax returns, and since he was marrying uh, uh, marrying her, he had to show a, a clean tax return. He actually had; it was a requirement to marry her. He had to show a, a tax return, so he cleaned up his tax return. But I think the White House is going to get behind this and saying, "Look, he paid more taxes than Obama did. He paid more taxes than last what three or four presidents did." Uh, And candidates, for that matter, uh, more than Bernie Sanders. But the uh, twist in this is the uh, alternative minimum tax that uh, a big majority of the money that he paid went towards. And it's a tax that he wants to
0: get rid of. That's interesting. So this... Uh, Sorry, I think, honestly, I just think this was a total plan. David Clay, the guy that uh, originally found this stuff in his mailbox, kind of agrees with it. Org, you. which has posted this document as of a few minutes ago. He's also the
1: author of The Making of Donald Trump and the Pulitzer Prize-winning financial reporter uh, who found the president's
0: 2005 tax returns. So he is the guy that... I think this is an important thing to understand is he's the one that wrote this book uh, that... Org, which has posted this document as of a few minutes ago. He's also the author of The Making of of Donald Trump, and so he's made. He's wrote this book, The Making of Donald Trump, which is the accumulation of 30 years of reporting of Donald Trump and how he's a scammer.
1: And the Pulitzer Prize-winning financial reporter, uh, who found the president's 2005 tax returns in his mailbox. David, thank you for being here. Delighted. Um, First of all, congratulations on this this scoop. What
20: can you tell us about how how you got these pages, how you got this document? Came in the mail over the transom and there is absolutely nothing improper about journalists if you haven't solicited something. Whoa, he goes right into that. Well
2: and you know what, I, I saw some people in our chat room talk about this earlier and I'm glad you have this clip because Rachel didn't do anything wrong. This is a First Amendment. thing.
20: No, I agree. Yeah, uh, getting it over the transom. And by the way, let me point out: it's entirely possible that Donald sent this to me. Donald Trump has, over the years, leaked all sorts of things. The uh, very sleazy girl-on-girl pictures of the First Lady in the New York Post may have come from Donald. That's that is
0: that is an outrageous, total assumption on his part. I. The thing that really startles me about this is he immediately goes into this. He's not prompted. He immediately goes into well, maybe Donald Trump leaked this to me. Maybe. He was Donald
8: Trump. We saw what he made: 150 million dollars, 38 million dollars in taxes. Didn't pay 38 million. That's not but, okay, true. Okay, go on. How 36 is this? And okay. so 36 and a half million? Okay, 36 and a half million. How is this not good for Donald Trump?
20: Oh, I think it may be good for Donald Trump. I mean, one of the things that's uh, very strange about this is Donald Trump probably would benefit from releasing his tax returns with a lot of people. It would show his income, which I think probably averaged in the 10... They have horrible audio in this clip, by the way. So he's, again, going into this. It would show his income, which I think probably averaged in the 10 years before this, more than, at least, or more than $81.5 million a year. That would put him almost in the top 400 tax.
2: You know, what almost sounds like someone fucking with their mic and no, like and then they shut a
0: cabinet or something. Did you oh, hear? I sounded like the mic being turned on and turned off. No, I don't almost, know what it was. It almost like somebody's like mic'd and they're getting into a cabi- yeah, and they're, cabinet. Yeah, they're going in the kitchen. It gets way worse. Oh, sorry, man. Try to try to listen to what he's saying. X returns. Uh, and I-, I know that's pretty much the worst of it right there. But that's just someone's falling asleep. With it the is literally CNN's audio production is worse than Unfiltered, which is. The only reason we're even here is because of com slash Unfilter, and we have some patrons that keep us going, and we are able to have better audio quality than Fox Business or CNN. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean to brag, but it's, it's episode true.
20: 229, it's and true. all it's of true. these episodes, it's
0: been better quality than it's this. True.
20: It's true. <laughs> it would show his income, which I think probably averaged in the 10 years before this more than at least or more than $81.5 million a year. That would put him almost in the top four hundred tax returns, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, why is he hiding his tax returns? Well, I think he doesn 't want us to know other things. Yeah. <gasps> uh, what are the sources of income? Who is he a partner with? Does he have divided loyalties? Remember, Donald also has a long history of being very deeply involved with serious, vicious criminals, convicted felons, and in particular a major cocaine trafficker he risked his fortune to show his loyalty to so. Maybe there's stuff in those returns that will tell us about yeah. the Russians, about <gasps> criminals he's involved with oh. that he doesn't want us to see. So you, mail to your home anonymously, you say. Yep. Do you think it's possible that he could have sent them to you? Oh, absolutely. I, I think Donald may well have been the source of the three pages that went out last fall. I think it's I, so interesting they're preemptively
0: putting that out, almost like they want they want to stop the conversation right there and say, oh, "It was Donald. It was Donald. This is how he, this is how he works. It was Donald." You know,
2: and it, I. It,
0: It's not outside the
2: realm just because of how quickly – see, I I agree. And here's the other thing I want to add into that that I forgot to add. How has the White House been so far when it comes to accusations and leaks and information? We're not going to talk about that or that's a leak. Or they're aggressive. Or Spicer is like all over. Trump's tweeting out like mad. But in this instance – They're all on board they're on board hands
0: off I have an not issue with it much. so i think would you would you agree that this reporter seems to be anti trump oh don lemon no 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 uh this this the, this clay guy the guy that got the thing in his mailbox oh yeah well i mean he he's been i i think
2: he's he's
0: dude he come, wrote a book
2: on what a scam I trump is i was just going to say this <laughs> that He's built that narrative over, what, 30, yeah. 35 years of 30 years, yeah.
0: His book's like 30 years of reporting on Donald Trump and, and how he's a scammer. So I, I don't think he, just, he, he
2: doesn't like Trump or Republicans or anything. I think it's just a Trump thing. It's just like he is anti-Trump,
0: period. He does not like Donald Trump. Because of the 30 years of research he's done. Now, in the couple of years that we've been doing this show, have you ever seen Donald Trump work with somebody who attacks him like this? He always attacks them back, and he works with people like Sean Hannity, who suck his dick. Well, Trump, he, he works with them publicly that suck his dick. This is a, if it, it you know, he knows his enemies,
2: right? Okay. He knows what they're going to so do. So I'm going
0: to play this here. So listen to this guy. This is how much this guy dislikes Trump. Right. It's it's a really quick jab, but I really think it matters. It comes up in about, well, if you, you got to listen to it because a few seconds in. One,
21: one of the straightforward lines here that's, that's kind of interesting is, is
0: number seven, where he talks about, this is by the way, after Rachel was done, this came on. But Rachel is now such a heavyweight at MSNBC that she said, no, I've got to stay on the air. I'm going to sit in on his show. And I'll have my highlighter and we're going to go through this line by line and okay, highlight things. Right. That's how this this is where MSNBC has come down to. He
21: gets he has wages and salary income, which is unusual for someone in his case. It's about a million dollars. Uh, and, you know, one, it could one- be hers.
0: Well, hers. It could be hers. Do you know who he's talking about? Melania? Yeah. His wife was
21: a model. She's she's on here, but uh, she was never at that league.
0: You know, she's not that big of a deal. uh, Of that business. But that could be uh, his 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 television. What did he say? very sleazy porn? That's exactly what he said. This guy really dislikes the Trumps.
21: Uh, Of that business.
13: But that could be uh, his 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 television.
0: Sleazy porn. So, okay. So... You know what this reminded me of, dude? This reminded me of the last tax disclosure that just happened to show up in somebody's mailbox. That's right. We talked about that. This reminded me of the grab and by the P tapes. That just showed up in somebody's mailbox. In each case, they were journalists that weren't super well known, but they were positioned perfectly because they had an understanding of either the media business or, in this case, tax law. They just happened to be the perfect journalist, to land, somebody who has an anti-Trump slant, somebody who understands tax law. Yeah. They just get t- Trump's tax returns in their mailbox.
3: Tucker. <laughs> tonight, yeah. well,
18: good evening, and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. The theory that Russia won the November election for Donald Trump through some vague meddling so dominates cable news right now that it's worth summing up exactly what we know and what we don't know about that story. As of today, there is no evidence that the Russian government tampered with voting machines or hacked any votes in November. There is no evidence that Russia collaborated with Donald Trump or his campaign to win the election. There is no evidence that Russian propaganda swung a single vote away from Hillary Clinton. There is, in other words, no reason to believe that Russia changed the course of American political history. There is merely innuendo and conspiracy mongering and connecting probably irrelevant dots. Lee Harvey Oswald spent time in Mexico City? Okay. But what does that mean exactly? Nothing significant that we know of. So, why does this story persist, indeed grow by the day? One reason is that organizations like NBC News, and particularly its cable outlet, MSNBC, have gone to remarkable lengths to keep it alive. Ever see their programming? It's hour upon hour of segments like this.
0: Rachel Maddow continues to investigate. I like that they took uh, the uh, production crew from Greta's old show that no longer is around, and they just moved them over to Tucker for making these really uh, like uh, <laughs> yeah. over-the-top montages. So put aside like that spin and the actual audio is still valid.
5: Rachel Maddow continues
21: to investigate the Trump-Russia connection, exposing the details.
1: The Trump campaign didn't just benefit from Russia interfering in our presidential campaign. The point of this is they colluded. They helped. They were in on it. The reporting
5: shows a disturbing pattern of rolling disclosure among the presidents inner circle when it comes to their contacts with Russia. Because of Russian interference in our election. I have to say tantalizing
1: evidence of some kind of collusion continuing influence in our country not just during the campaign but during the administration basically signs of what could be a continuing
18: operation well it turns out there's more than a little irony here complaints from NBC about election meddling given that company's conduct over the past six months that is a bit rich consider the infamous access Hollywood tape now, if you were living in America last fall, you certainly remember it, the shocking and vulgar remarks, the immediate and disastrous effect that tape had on candidate Trump's poll numbers. It was a political bomb detonated in the final days of the most intense political race of our lifetimes. The fallout was so overwhelming that few paused to consider where that tape came from. Do you disagree with any of that?
0: No, seems, Yeah.
18: I mean, it's Tucker Carlson.
0: So like at my instinct, because I remember him on the like the hardball days know, or whatever yeah, it was when yeah. he like debated John Stewart and lost horribly. Yeah. But uh, this is this is completely accurate. Like, yeah, this was one of the most I, I, I can't believe Trump won after the grabbing by the P tapes. Actually, yeah, that shows you how bad of a candidate Clinton really was. So let's consider that now.
18: That tape belonged to NBC. It was shot by NBC cameramen for an NBC show on NBC property. Does that all jive with your understanding of how the media business works? Yeah, does with mine. So how did it wind up in the hands of the Washington Post, which broke the story?
0: We asked that question at the time.
18: How, in other words, did valuable intellectual property from one news organization end up benefiting a competitor?
0: Uh, it was, and it's information that it, it was just so perfectly timed as an October surprise
18: intentionally, that's the short answer. According to sources at NBC, the Access Hollywood tape was leaked to the Washington Post with the full knowledge of NBC brass that would include news division head, Andrew Lack. NBC's motive, to derail the Trump campaign two days before a presidential debate. Now keep in mind that the Access Hollywood tape had been sitting in an archive since it was shot 11 years before. NBC executives had known about its existence since at least last summer, months before it aired. Concerned about being accused of partisanship and perhaps worried about California's strict wiretapping law, which prohibits the recording of subjects without their knowledge, the network sat on it. But as November approached, yep. the temptation to shut down the Trump campaign became too much.
0: I think that is so much why they sat on it, because of the California law.
18: And yeah. So NBC rose the defense of Hillary Clinton and leaked that tape, and then they lied about it. Now, if you're a news organization and someone stole the story of the year out of your office, wouldn't you want to know how that happened? Yes. You'd think you would. And yet, as far as we can tell, NBC News has never conducted a meaningful internal investigation into how that tape wound up at the Washington Post. I've checked, too.
0: I have looked into this myself. I can see no instances in any kind of there's no reporting. There's no tweets by the reporters that were involved with it. Nothing indicates that NBC ever looked into it. It's on their internet. Intranet, or website. Oh, uh, on their wiki what,
18: internally? Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. That's because they already knew the identity of the leaker. It was them. Now, all of this is more or less common knowledge or at least commonly suspected in the tiny world of the TV news business.
0: I think that's actually super important is if we acknowledge the fact that this is an industry that we as average citizens have very little insight into and we don't live inside the bubble in which they communicate with each other and we don't understand their culture. We sit up from the outside and think, Oh, well, this sounds impossible. But yet on the inside the bell
18: curve, this is already this is already just an assumed into how that tape wound up at The Washington Post. That's because they already knew the identity of the leaker. It was them. Now, all of this is more or less common knowledge or at least commonly suspected in the tiny world of the TV news business. As we said, Andrew Lack knew about it. So apparently did today's show anchor Matt Lauer. And yet until now, nobody bothered to tell the public we're doing that. By the way, we asked Lauer and Lack and the NBC PR department for their response to all of this earlier today. They declined comment. So the obvious question hangs in the air since we've been talking so much lately about election tampering, and it's this. What do you think played a bigger role in the 2016 race, the Access Hollywood tape or the Russian government?
0: I would actually be willing to bet it's the Access Hollywood tape. Yeah. So I, is, I, 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 don't, I don't subscribe to the theory that it was Trump. I, I just – I find it – I find this to be—it was too tempting of a target. It could be possible because there does seem to be a commonality with. Well, if you exclude but, the access Hollywood tape, both leaks around the taxes do seem like the only person that would have access to both of those would be maybe Trump. But one well, of the why, things you have to the, appreciate the, is there's a lot of people around that man.
2: But then, but then, you would figure that the uh, the White House or somebody in his party or maybe him himself would come out so against what happened. Like, you know, based on the past 45 days of history of how they've been in the administration, he, he they haven't fought on this. And that's and that's the part that's sticking with me right now. It's just like if this was just like those other things, they You're would right. come out
0: against it. it. It just doesn't fit their it pattern. It doesn't fit the because, pattern. Now, would that be because just simply this is not necessarily damaging? Well, that's the thing. I mean,
2: if if I was Rachel Maddow, I would have sat on this. I mean, yeah, she did Trump a favor in a sense. She, yeah,
0: she showed that he paid more taxes than Bush or Obama or Bernie. Well, like I said, the the only
2: angle that you could per, uh, potentially work on this is the AMT that he paid, and you know yep. he wants to get rid of the AMT, which would make him and other rich people keep more of their money because the AMT was actually put into place for, for for rich people. So,
0: I like to know what the audience likes. So we're just yeah. about to get to the mail sack. Speaking of the audience, but first, yes. I want to talk about what's going on in South Korea, because to me, this seems like it's there's some 4D chess going on here.
22: The U.S. military confirms that it has begun deploying attack drones to South Korea to counter what it calls North Korea's continued provocative actions. The move follows Pyongyang's recent nuclear and missile tests.
0: We're sending drones. We're sending advisors. I, I feel like we're positioning ourselves to pressure China I don't know exactly what's going on over there but I feel like we're getting in a very sort of confrontational position with China but in the meantime there is a new level going on in Syria that to me seems to be the much more urgent story we have U.S. Marines and I think also Rangers on the ground boots on the ground now in Syria this is a Fox News Alert.
9: I'm Brett Baer in Washington. For the first time tonight, we have confirmation that U.S. Marines are on the ground in Syria, conventional troops with a specific mission
0: as directed by the president. So we, uh, as, you know, ceasefires have, <laughs> screw those. We've got boots on the ground. we got boots on the ground. It is time to go kill some tur
9: are different from the special operations forces that have already been active inside Syria. Let's special forces remaining. Let's get the latest on this breaking story from Pentagon reporter Lucas Lucas Tomlinson. He has the details. Lucas, name, Lucas, how many people are we going to kill?
12: Brett? Well, that's right. U.S. special operations forces have been on the ground in Syria for roughly a year, you know, or three. But just today in a report confirmed uh, by the Pentagon, first reported by the Washington Post, a detachment of Washington Post huh of U.S. Marines, along with their artillery M triple seven artillery <laughs> units capable of firing artillery rounds about 20 miles uh, to their targets. So that. Will
0: so we drop these guys 20 miles outside and they're doing just like a trail of destruction as they get to Raqqa. <sighs> And uh, your good friend, my buddy, Assad came out and said, uh, by the way,
14: um, these are invaders. This was an interview that Bashar al-Assad, the Syrian president, gave to the Chinese media. And, of course, we're focusing on his remarks that any foreign force that enters Syria without government permission uh, should be considered invaders, he said, whether they're Americans or Turks. But the fact of the matter is... There's the
0: Turks thing is interesting, and I think it's actually one of the reasons why we're doing this. Saudi Arabia and Turkey are pushing us to go even further. They're using the same justifications we have to fight the worldwide war against terror to go into places like Yemen and Syria. So now we either let them take over or we go in and take care of a few things like, oh, I don't know, a couple of groups over here, a couple of groups over there. And if we accidentally violate a few laws, what's the big deal? Yeah. So um, I don't know. Mess. It seems like uh, whatever was going on in Syria under Obama has been turned up to 11 under Trump is essentially what's going on right now. So if you uh, wanted to look for something that was really actually disastrous under the Trump administration, this would be it. It would be what's going on in Syria. It would be this right here. Hello, everybody. I actually kind of miss Obama, although in some ways. Can I can I tell you can I tell you something kind of perverse? Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. What's up, bud?
0: In some ways, I do almost wonder, does it make some sense to just go hard, like screw this working through the um, quote-unquote moderates and hiring mercenaries, screw this drone stuff, screw this airstrike stuff put some guys on the ground and just get them to kill off these guys. No, we can't we,
2: we can't do that yet until we uh, approve the new budget with the 50 billion and uh, Well, in that's why we spend. need it. But we're, but we're, I but know.
0: really realistically, isn't wasn't is there is there is there credence to the theory that Obama's strategy was a prolonged misery where Trump's strategy is more of a flashbang and then get the whole damn thing over with and get out of there.
2: Oh yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Is
0: that what he's trying to do? I think so. I mean,
2: that's what it feels like. He feels like, you know what, I'm tired of being slow, I'm going to move fast
0: on this. Because it feels like he campaigned on the kind of guy that doesn't want to be in the Middle East at all. Well, he also campaigned on, on checking
2: off lists and fulfilling promises and that sort of thing. So,
0: uh, I mean, he's done a lot of that. Yeah. You know, He's done he's done a lot of stuff. He, wants, he signed a lot of executive orders. He wants orders. to be able to hit the bullet point
2: points so when he does his next uh, big rally, which is what? I like guess today, he did campaign yeah. on knocking the hell out of ISIS, didn't he? Yes, he, he did. Yeah, he did. Day one. Yeah, he did. Day one.
0: All right, you got me there. You yes. got me there. Yes. So let's do a little high note. Let's let's do a little high note. But before we get to the high note, Mr. Chase,
9: it's time
10: for the sack.
0: Whoa. 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 Yeah, I know. You all right? You okay? I'm fine. That was good. Good thing I have health care. Do you think you could do that again?
20: The do sack. It.
0: Holy shit. At Nunes, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hire this man for professional
2: voice work. That's right.
0: <laughs> what By the way, got?
2: if you listen to me in the Seattle Metro area, you might That's hear me true. on radio. That is
0: true, yeah. All right, what do you got, All buddy? Right. What do you got? Hey,
2: so the sack this week I asked, you know, Club 33, you know, what do you think about the new Republican health care plan proposal? Also the tax return is out. So I asked uh, you guys for some ideas and Ben Lloyd wrote in and said, Hey, the initial reaction to the Republicans health care plan seems to be that it's a slightly worse version of the Affordable Care Act. And yeah. in my personal opinion, it doesn't seem likely to pass. If the public turns strongly against it and Congress, Trump, decide to abandon it, who do you think would take the bulk of the blame? Will the
0: Trump will the Trump be able to deflect the Republicans? So, to, to, uh, hold Repo- on. Pause. Uh, Pause. Yeah, Pause. So let's, not, let's not get into the blame. Let's, what do you think of it? Because I'm really curious because I think you and I have two it's, different it's, – I, I think the new plan – ...is
2: awful, and it is, does not fulfill Trump's original promise of making healthcare better for everyone. What is awful about it? All right, well, first off, uh, the, the whole uh, across state lines thing isn't even happening now. There are a few states out there that actually uh, welcome, uh, I think Wyoming, Maine, there's a couple of states that offer, you know, say, hey, you can do uh, healthcare plans across state lines, do competitiveness... No health care plan has taken them up on that. Uh, secondly, in order for the current health care plan to work,
0: everybody has to buy into it, right? Everybody has to pull into it. But hold on. Pause. Pause. Don't you think the individual mandate demonstrates that this was never going to work? If you have to force people to opt into it? I agree. And and, and that's why – Doesn't know, the individual mandate. So the individual mandate is the penalty if you don't get health insurance. There's a tax penalty. Right. Uh, that almost feels like an admission that they knew right up front that the middle class wasn't going to want to do this, so they had to screw them. Well, but
2: they also offered subsidies, right, based upon income levels. Don't give levels. me that. I'm just I'm, – it's, it's fact.
0: I'm just telling you what that that was in there. No, that's for poor people. <laughs> well, I said based on income levels. Which I happen to make just enough not to qualify for. That's always the way it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I just I, – I look at that and I think they, they the individual mandate – if this, if they could have created something that people wanted to get involved in, imagine if they had made a product that was hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Not even, I'm not even saying free, Chase. Right? Yeah, I'm not even saying yeah, free. Yeah. The problem is, is the public understands that the pharmaceutical companies are jacking their rates up, that the hospitals oh, yeah, are jack totally. The thing is, is that's not. Nobody nobody is nobody's getting the wool pulled over their eyes about this. And so the issue is that as soon as you pull out the mandates, people like myself who have the luxury of opting out are going to opt the fuck out. Right. Immediately. Yeah. And and it's going to fall apart. It's yeah. going to crash. Right. And the reason is, is because I know that my money, it's not a fair price. No. If it was $50. dollars If right. it was $100. Absolutely. I would pay it. $100 a month. That's why the new plan is Think not- Think about gonna, that for a second. I know, but that's why the new plan is not going to What else do you pay that's not a mortgage or a car payment that is- Cable for some people they pay like a hundred and something bucks a month. Yeah. Some people pay their cell bill. Right. Like that is a ton of money. I would pay a hundred dollars a month for health insurance. Oh,
2: totally. And that's what pissed me off about hearing uh, what was it uh, chavitz's comment about the iPhone shit. And yeah, I know yeah, yeah. everybody's been playing that to <clears> death. <throat> yeah, but if healthcare was six hundred and fifty dollars or seven hundred fifty dollars, I'd do it. You know, but I have
0: not gone to the doctor for probably six years. But right. But your kids are going to be going to the doctor a lot more often. Yeah, but I would yeah. I would I would pay for health insurance for my kids. Right. I would pay health insurance for Hadea, who has diabetes. Right. I would pay health insurance for Angela, who has a lot of complicated allergies. Right. Yeah. I myself have not gone to the doctor in six years. Dude, you need to get your balls funneled man. You got to get that checked out, man. It's healthy. I'm just, and and, yeah. the, and the health insurance that I do pay for doesn't yeah. cover the one thing I actually need, which is dentistry work. And, and that's the other problem with the new healthcare plan too. It it, it actually limits coverages,
2: and and there's, and, you know, they can pick and choose. And I, it the whole entire thing's a mess.
0: So, my hope, my only hope, is that the changes they make will make the system just crash faster.
2: Well, now they're saying that – some of them are saying that, oh, they're not going to do anything and, and just let the Obama system uh, collapse on own. That's not going to happen. All
0: right. So moving on. Yeah. Well, actually, that's that was it. it. Yeah. I have a question for the patrons for next week. Okay. I might ask you to repost it. Yeah, but please. Yeah, let me What know. do you think about having a shorter intro sequence? We've had a couple of patrons that have said, be, you know what? I've listened to the show now for 200 weeks. I don't need a two-minute intro. Two-minute intro? you talking about the, the intro clip? Well from the from the beginning of the clip to the music to like when we're done like welcoming people to the show it's like a 2 minute and yeah, 30 Yeah but we've, we've also had time. people complain that the show's too long on its own. <laughs> yeah, I feel like with a <laughs> clip being part of it like like that is a lot to ask for. But I just thought maybe we could ask yeah. the patrons what do they think in Club yeah. 33? Should we shorten it up? Maybe we could I could try to make it down to like 45 seconds or something to be like basically no music but we just really snappy. Okay. I mean, what do you think about asking that to the Thirty Club 33 and seeing what they say?
2: Well, we can actually submit, uh, create a poll for all the patrons in general and then have members of Club 33 actually provide some feedback. So if you want to be a part, actually, you can't right now. Club 33 is full. But if you want to be a part of our patron, head over to patreon.com unfilter. You can get at the investor level, which is $5 or more per month. And what that gets you is it gets you access to all of our source files, every clip, all of our notes, overtime folder. Dedicated RSS feed, BitTorrent Sync, you get it all in that magical package of $5 more per month.
0: That's right. And I just want to say, Club 33, let us know next week in our sack. Yes. Chase the sack, what do you think about a shorter sack. intro? Yes. I like our intro because it's a good song. Yes. Plus, I feel like because when you do click play, you get intro, or you get uh, title, clip. number, date, clip, yeah. then intro. Yeah. So there's actually a little bit of content before the intro music even starts. Right. Like I feel like Unfiltered is kind of unique in that sense, but- I am up I'm up for a reconsideration yeah. if Club thirty
2: three So so actually all the patrons we're go- I'm gonna put out a general poll for all the patrons to respond to. All right, okay. And if you want to actually give us written feedback, Club thirty three will be where it's at. You never,
3: had, you never let
0: anybody well, on the anybody. campaign or the okay. okay. president Chris, know that you, Chris, met. you got your question. Okay. So this is Jeff Sessions, a lot of people throwing questions at him and we've been trying to figure out where Jeff Sessions lands, the new attorney general with the legalization at the state level. All
7: right, I wanted to follow up, sir,
16: on your um, your statements about marijuana. Do you distinguish between medical marijuana and recreational use? This you focused your remarks on, and also, will you be cracking down on any states that have already legalized marijuana, recreational or medical?
0: So she's asking him to clarify his stance on marijuana and if he'll be cracking down on states that have made recreational or medical legal. Now, when was this clip done? Well, so um, today. Well, oh, this was today.
23: Okay. Um, I think uh, medical marijuana has been hyped uh, maybe too much.
0: I would, you know, it's funny because I would actually think it's the opposite. <laughs> because I actually think we're about to discover that medical marijuana might be the key to reducing opiate addiction at a massive level. I also think that we're about to discover that there's way more to be done with anxiety. I think what what we have been going through is as as marijuana and cannabis has marijuana is really the racist term for it marijuana itself is a is a term that was used for racist propaganda uh, if you do not understand the the history here that that is so i i i prefer to use the term cannabis yeah cannabis i think is going to be discovered to have some really unique benefits for folks that are dealing with anxiety for folks that are dealing with opiate addiction, yep. I think we're just getting to the beginning of that because I think what we have to go through for a while, and I really do genuinely believe this, is we're going to go through a period where we discover there is a thing called sativa and indica of cannabis. Yeah, because in the past, when you're buying cannabis illegally, you just get whatever the fuck you got in the bag, and you just you don't you don't you'll bitch you just get what you get, and that's what it is. And you didn't know if it was indica or sativa. You maybe heard of some names in the past, but you didn't know. No. No. No idea. But now there is a genuine choice in the consumer market for these different types of products. And there is a sativa and there is a indica. These are major dominant strains of cannabis. One, indica, think of it like this, in the couch. It relaxes you. It makes you a couch potato. It's the stereotypical stoner man. Who just doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to chill out, man. That's indica. That's where that stereotype comes from. The indica branch of cannabis. Then there's sativa. Sativa achiva. Sativa is the one that's commonly associated with paranoia. With creativity. With people that get energized on cannabis. It's an entirely different strain. And you have people who are depressive who can benefit from sativas, and you have people who are batshit crazy who can benefit from indicas. And we are only beginning to understand the differences in how they impact people's personalities, their disabilities, and the way their minds are wired. And once we wrap our cognitive heads around this as a group about how this impacts us as a society, we will then begin to understand that there are some types of cannabis that are beneficial for those people that are suffering from PTSD. Right. There are some types of cannabis that are more beneficial to those suffering from pain like CBDs. Right. And there are some type of cannabis that are more beneficial to people that are in the creative and art fields. And so when you have somebody like Jeff Sessions, who has no information, he just begins to mock it, you understand that he's not coming from a point of bias, necessarily. He's just simply coming from a point of ignorance and potentially racism. He could be a racist.
23: has been hyped um, maybe too much. It possible that some dosages can be constructed in a way that might be beneficial. I acknowledge that.
0: It is possible that some dosages may be constricted in a way that is beneficial. Okay. All right. That's a great way to phrase it. That is a phraseology that the pharmaceutical company needs. This is this – is what they say is, well, look, here's the problem with smoking cannabis, Chase, is uh, you're just getting stoned, man, and you don't know how much THC you're consuming. However, if you let us productize it, quantify it, and sell it to you as a prescription, we'll prescribe to you exactly how many milligrams of THC you need to treat your emotions this week. And this is the line that Sessions has been fed.
23: But, um... Have you ever smoked marijuana, for example,
0: where you have no idea how much THC you're getting? Oh, you as an adult might accidentally consume something under your own volition that harms no one else and not know exactly what the proportions scientifically break down to. My God!
23: Uh, It's probably not a good way to administer a medicinal amount. So forgive me if I'm a bit dubious about that.
0: The reason why you can tell he's being disingenuous is because the argument is about the amount of dosage via THC and not what rights you have as a human being, as an adult, somebody who is eighteen years or older to decide what goes in your body.
23: But the but the idea that recreational marijuana there's nothing wrong with it and we should just legalize it, I personally doubt.
0: He doubts that guys. He doubts it because he's read all the scientific studies guys and of course as a sufferer of PTSD and someone who has anxiety and someone who sometimes f- suffers from a lack of appetite, he doubts it guys. Somebody who has suffered from cancer and has had to recover from the bouts of cancer and of course the treatments of cancer, he doubts it guys. Oh what what? Oh Jeff Jeff Sessions has never done any of those things. I'm just getting the yeah
2: yeah 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 here too. That's producer. Producer Oh okay
0: okay. So Jeff Sessions does not have any perspective on the matter and uh, is a bigot. Okay, Okay. thank you.
23: So forgive me if I'm a bit dubious about that, but the but the idea that recreational marijuana there's nothing wrong with it and we should just legalize it, I personally doubt.
0: The fact and that Trump appointed this son of a bitch is the biggest warning flag of the Trump administration because – not not because of his stance on marijuana, but just because as any intelligent person can tell, Jeff Sessions is an idiot and Donald Trump has appointed an idiot as the top cop. In our land, this to me—unless uh, you give, unless you say, "Call that," but at least the top attorney. This to me is a huge red flag. In favor of
23: that, based on my personal experience. Wait, but will
1: you choose well. states that have legalized marijuana, or will you push for arrests
23: in those well, states? States can. Um, no, I make clear about where we stand on that.
0: So this is uh, what he's referring to is the memorandum that was released by the Obama Justice Department that said we're going to deprioritize cannabis in the states that have legalized it and focus more on gang-level activity and larger trafficking. I'll
23: just repeat it. Uh, The federal law on marijuana remains in effect in every state. It's not eviscerated because a state ceases to enforce the law in that state. A cold memorandum set up some policies under President Obama's Department of Justice about how Cases should be selected in those states and what would be appropriate for federal prosecution, much of which I think is valid. I may have some different ideas myself in addition to that. But essentially, uh, we're not able to go into a state and uh, pick up the work that the police and sheriffs have been doing for decades.
0: So he's saying you know we got other things to worry about we're not going to go do the cops work we're going to essentially leave this memorandum in place okay uh, also this statement was released by jeff sessions office
13: budweiser commercial featuring the
0: Kruka. oh i'm sorry that was a budweiser commercial oh, yes, sorry yes, sorry, yes, sorry yes, about yes. that so i don't i don't really know where that leaves us he seems to be fairly misinformed about the benefits of marijuana marijuana especially as it may might apply to athletes or people that are suffering from uh, different types of debilitating diseases or maybe cancer or or opioid addiction. Right. He seems to be slightly uninformed about that, but he doesn't seem to have – he doesn't seem to have it like on the top of his list of things he's got to go get done. No, no. He's got other things on his plate right now. <laughs> so we move on? We move on. We move on. Uh, I like this one because it's both are – there's a key phrase in both reports. Let's start with Florida. Go – wait. Oh, God. Chase – Oh, geez. Go Florida!
1: Go Florida! new bill just filed in Florida that would make getting caught with small amounts of marijuana not as serious.
0: Did you hear the key
2: phrase there? Wait, what? Say that again.
1: A new bill just filed in Florida that would make getting caught with small amounts of marijuana not as serious.
0: Getting caught with, with small, small amounts, amounts of, of marijuana. marijuana. Yeah, that. so that's from Florida. Now, I guess Texas heard I was coming down. Here is the report from Texas.
10: Well, <laughs> lawmakers are listening to testimony on
6: House Bill 81. It would decriminalize the use and possession of small quantities of marijuana.
0: Again, the small quantity small amounts of marijuana thing. It's like they're like... I don't know if it's like Jeff Sessions is encouraging this to happen, but at Texas, Florida, this is starting to happen a lot more.
12: Right now, Texas law says someone found with less than two ounces of marijuana
6: can face up to six months in jail. What? There is also a fine up to $2,000. Under HB 81, people would avoid jail time if they're caught with less than
13: one ounce of marijuana.
0: Six months in jail. Imagine your job. What would your job do? What would happen to your job? Oh, it's gone. (laughs) How, how, what, how do you make your house payment for six months? You don't. Your car you payment. Lose, you lose it. You lose them. So,
2: Unless you had like substantial savings.
0: Imagine yeah. if I got caught in Texas with a little bit of cannabis. How would I? I couldn't. Don't forget, driving across state lines. Jupiter Broadcasting would collapse. My children would lose their home. Angela would be on the street. I would probably lose my RV for having a little bit of cannabis for something that is legal here in, in Washington. Unbelievable. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Even if you think cannabis is a dangerous thing, as dangerous as alcohol, it it doesn't make any sense. Well, let the government actually
2: fully study cannabis, okay? And I'm not talking about, and you guys might have seen it, just do some searches uh, for uh, uh, the government's version of what cannabis is, and it's this looks like grass clippings. It really does. Oh, that was
0: so funny, Chase. Yeah. Yeah, that
2: is bad. I mean, I retweeted it. It's gross, Um, actually. It's nasty. I think it was a Washington Post article. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of the Post. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, let the government actually do real research. And, you know, let's get some real information here. You know, and I mean, I'm not saying that the information that we've gotten already about cannabis has been inaccurate. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, though. But, man. Yeah, I mean, s- s- up to six months? Really?
0: For having a joint? I. That's that's how you wreck families, dude. That's, and, you know, as that begins to change, right? it's one of the things I look forward to on this show because yeah. that's one of the things that we're watching begin to change. Yeah. It has made a ton of progress since we started, and I think we're just at the beginning. This is the people's record of one of the major revolutions happening in the United States, and it's one of a dozen things happening every single day That are worth talking about. Things that bend history every day. And you know your Unfilter show is going to be here to report it for you every single week. And we're kept going by our patrons at patreon.com slash unfilter. Mr. Chase. Yes, Mr. Chris. If uh, I wanted to rant at you and uh, (laughs) whatever. Actually, legitimately, people want to see that hilarious Twitter feed. Where do they go catch At
2: Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. And believe me, a lot of people don't realize that I'm not. The congressman, but man, God I've been beautiful, having, dude. I've been keeping up if you oh, can for I'm, a little bit. I'm going to keep doing it. Oh, man! But I also want to encourage all those gamers out there: head over to ggtvdiscord.com. We have a big chat room when you play games, you can voice up with us. Oh! We have a great time, nice man! A lot of good stuff. Now, Chris, yeah, your vlog stuff has been off the yeah, chain. Your no, editing no, no, skills, no, 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 your drone dude, flying, dude.
0: it looks so good. Thanks, man. Like, especially when the drone kind of floats down, where can people find that stuff? YouTube.com/slash Chris. Fisher, Fisher—that's my name, Chris Fisher. I might change it someday. I don't know. Oh, I don't well, know. But that's where it's right to, at right now. At Chris LAS, Las, Linux Action Show. Shh, it's a nice uh, Twitter. You know what? I'm going to say this too. Thursday, tomorrow, we're going to do a live version of Linux Action Show. Where we're going to talk about something super important—the future of the Linux Action Show, where we're going, and perhaps the end of an era. I encourage you to join us live and get involved in the conversation about yes. that. At Jupiter Signal for the network unfilter.reddit.com if you want to give us stories feedback yeah clips all of that's really appreciated and you know go fight uh, correct the record over there help us out a little bit yeah buddy okay everybody thanks so much to this week's episode of Unfilter we'll see and you right back here you know what no no, no. Chase, no. say it like you mean it we'll, we'll see, you see you right back, back here, here, here next, next week yeah <laughs> <laughs> First they came for the main show. Then they came for the overtime. I say this line, no farther! The line must be drawn here! It's time for unfilter overtime! Brought to you by patreon.com slash unfilter.
3: Thank you to our patrons!
0: Michael, Roman, Barbara, Robert, Matt, Isabella Donald, not sure. Matthew. I like this stand and warm waffles. Warm waffles. That's a hell of a name. You know what? Way better than cold waffles.
3: <laughs>
0: warm waffles. <laughs> Thank you to our new patrons. Thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash unfilter. You keep us going, and this segment's dedicated to you. Thank you very much. All right. Guys, guys, we got to get real for a second. Last week, during the overtime, Chris got upset during O'Nancy. And I know, I know you guys, I know, oh, Nancy's supposed to make us all smile. And so I wanted to apologize. I want to make up for it. I want to go back to my OG relationship with Nancy Pelosi, why I follow Nancy Pelosi, why I think that Nancy Pelosi represents the rot of the Democratic Party. I, I This moment... Right here in history is really, I mean, Nancy Pelosi been around for a long time, but this was the moment, ladies and gentlemen, she showed up on my personal radar. This was Nancy Pelosi, I say, at her political best.
22: But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it away from the fog of the controversy. What? Passed
0: the bill. Yes, of course, she's talking about Obamacare. This is a famous quote now. And she did go down and defend it in the past.
14: Like but then you on. said this in March of 2010. Watch.
22: But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Away from the fog of the controversy. Well, we found out what
0: was in it. It was Chris is going to spend an unbelievable amount per month for something he never uses. And if he ever does have to use has a five thousand dollar deductible. That's what we found out, Nancy.
14: (laughs) And hasn't that idea that you have to pass it before you know what's in it, isn't that really the problem as you look back on it? That the, there was such a rush to get this done, no. no Republicans voting for it, and now there are unintended effects of this no. No. that oh, no. were foreseen at the time that you couldn't know the impact of
0: it, That's and now this stupid. is coming home to
22: roost. No, it, what the, what I was saying there is we have a House and the Senate, we get a bill, we go... She
0: does seem more cognizant here, doesn't she?
22: This is a few years ago. ...the conference, or we, we ping-pong it, and then you see what the final product is however however I stand by what I said there yeah, when people see what is in the bill they will like it and they will and so while well there's a lot of hoop-de-do and ado about oh, there's one. I'm sorry <laughs> hoop-de-do and ado about what's happening now very appropriate I'm not criticizing I'm no. saying what took a great deal for us to pass this bill I said uh, if we uh, go up to the gate and the gate is locked we'll unlock the gate if That's we, right we can't do that we'll climb the fence That's if the right. fence is too high We'll pull VOD in. That's right. if, if we can't do that, we'll helicopter. But we'll, we'll get it done. We had ups, uh, uh, passed the co- test of the courts, and yeah. we did. The first rollout in the first part of the uh, first year of the implementation went very smoothly. What? The website did not work. No. That has caused problems, complicating people transitioning from those policies. The other, but again, this is never thought to be easy. And the <laughs> fact is, is what it doesn't matter what we're saying here. What matters no. what happens at the kitchen table of the American people oh well I can
0: tell you what happened we don't like it we don't like it you know get rid of that mandate watch it all fall down you know around the kitchen table the kitchen table you know we're all those Americans that's where they talk about things They don't have any tables more important like board tables, conference tables. They're little people. They have kitchen tables. Those people. (laughs) Ah! Now we go forward to current day Nancy, where current day Nancy is a little more mixed up. She's not actually sure that ironically is even a word.
22: Many of them living in very red states and very red areas that voted for Donald Trump of people who have benefited from the Affordable Care Act.
0: Of course, she's talking about people who voted for Trump that then voted in an administration that is trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. So this is irony in her world, but she isn't sure if irony is a word.
22: So ironically, I don't know if ironically is even the word. Ah. I don't know if ironically is even the word. <laughs>
0: oh, Nancy. Yeah, you keep going out there and making the Democrats look like they really got a great point. And when you can't do it, your buddy Maxine's got your back. Your colleague, Representative Adam Schiff, a Democrat on the House panel investigating Donald Trump's ties to Russia, says
5: uh, he's seeking testimony of a former British spy who wrote an unsubstantiated dossier of alleged collusion between Donald Trump and Russia. Uh, do you
0: believe anything about that? So Schiff who has been in the bag for clinton for for years is going to bring in the dossier guy the guy that was first hired by jeb bush then hired by the democrats after the republicans were done with him then passed around like contract passed around even to the cia (laughs) now they're going to get this guy to come in and testify (laughs) Dossier.
24: oh i think it should be uh taking a look at
0: that dossier she says that dossier it should be taken a look at you believe anything about that dossier
24: Oh, I think it should be uh, taken a look at. I think they should really read it, understand okay. it, right. analyze it, sure. and determine what's fact, what may not be fact. We already know that...
0: Now, so what should be fact and what should not be fact? Now, she's going to tell us what we already know is fact. Okay, guys? Because this was Maxine Waters, guys. She really wants us to make sure we make follow the facts. We got to look into facts. So now she's going to tell us about some facts.
24: Fact, what may not be fact. We already know that the part about uh, the coverage that they have on him uh, would say... Sex actions uh, is supposed to be true. Uh, They've said that that's absolutely true. What? No. What may not be fact. We already know that the part about uh, the coverage that they have on him uh, with sex actions yeah, the uh, pain. is supposed to be true. Yeah. Uh, They've said that that's absolutely true. No, they have not said that. They have not said that. That has not been said. Some other things they kind of allude to. Yes, I think he should go into that dossier.
0: Yeah. Let's air that dirty laundry in the public record. Let's get that dirty laundry in the public record. Woo! So Nancy was kind of busy, actually. She was out uh, stumping for uh, Save My Care, which is a initiative to uh, save the Affordable Care Act. And she's out making some really great points. But uh, about uh, – I'll, I'll jump about halfway into her speech and she – she starts to lose the thread a little bit.
22: In a Robin Hood in reversal, reverse Robin Hood stunned $600 billion from the people who need it most and their health care and giving it to the people who leave it leave, need it least. Ironically, many of the people who will be deprived of health care. There it is again. She's
0: trying to once again, she's trying to deliver the zinger. Ironically, those idiots <laughs> that voted for Trump, <laughs> they're the ones that are going to lose health insurance. But again, she can't land it with the same script, the same chance to repeat the same talking point. She still can't
22: land it. The people who need it need it least. Ironically, many of the people who will be deprived of health care are people who live in rural parts of our country or are uh, older Americans. You know, the kitchen table folk. People who have issues relating to addiction in their families. You know, because addicts vote for Trump. The list goes on. It's very, very troubling. You could call it like a basket. It's very, very cruel. It must be stopped. And this bus which we were going to greet outside. She just kind of lost the thread. It's very, very cruel.
0: It must, be. she was supposed to say ironically, the Trump supporters, the core Trump supporters that voted for Trump are the ones that are going to be affected the most by the changes to the Affordable Care Act. That's what she's supposed to say, but she lost the entire thread. She gets so lost that she then goes into an introduction that she's not supposed to do. She's not supposed to talk about the bus. She's not supposed to introduce the next speaker, but she's completely lost her line of thinking, and so she does it anyways. I'm going to replay it for you so see, you can see this. Watch the faces of the women behind her as they realize she's about to do something she's not supposed to do when she loses the thread.
22: In their families, the list goes on. It's very, very troubling. It's very, very cruel. It must be stopped. And this bus, which... this is where she, it must be stopped. This is it. This is
0: where she loses the thread and then makes the mistake.
22: And this bus. Which we were going to greet outside But for the weather But the weather did not hold them back And so I'm not supposed to introduce The next person Now watch the gal uh,
0: (laughs) The Asian gal over Pelosi's shoulder
22: But I certainly want to welcome Uh uh, In terms of the bus trip But I certainly want to welcome the Democratic leader of the Senate. She's looking around at the people like, uh-oh, uh-oh, what? Who has been such a champion on this issue for a long time and a fighter right now as we are at this crucial time. Let us welcome uh, Democratic leader Chuck Schumer.
0: And then the gal behind her says, no, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's okay. Crazy Nancy. And then you can see the other gal grinning
22: ear to ear like, oh, she totally blew it. <laughs> Nancy even says, I'm not supposed to do it. A champion on this issue Senate who has been... The Democratic leader of the Senate, I certainly want to welcome uh, in terms of the bus trip, but I certainly want to welcome the Democratic leader of the Senate who (laughs) has been such a champion on this
0: issue. It's so great. It's so great. Of course, she goes ahead and introduces Chuck Schumer when she wasn't supposed to. Classic Nancy Pelosi, really just rolling with it. Uh, you know, and it's not—it's not too surprising, right? Because you got to pivot when you're a politician. It's all about rolling with the moment. You're in front of the cameras. You say whatever it is you have to say to get to the next moment. Just like the Democrats have said about Russians
21: months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. The Russians were responsible for hacking the DNC. And the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back. Their behavior. Has undermined international norms and international rules. You know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. I'm willing to stand up to Russia where they are deviating from our values and international norms. My
19: last election, Yeah. Uh, life, and after my election, I have more flexibility.
21: Just as I told Russia to stop it. After all, you don't call Russia our number one enemy unless you're still stuck in a Cold War mind war. The relationship between us and Russia has deteriorated.
0: Uh, Russia has been uh, an ally. An ally she says. <laughs> oh, remember when you were a liberal if you were pro Russia? That used to be a thing. I got I got I got attacked. I was a Democrat because I didn't think Putin was the most scariest man in the world. I happen to think it's Trump, but hey, whatever. <laughs> Moving right along in the overtime. a moment, and I want to do an extended clip in the show, which is really what the Overtime is great for. Your buddy, your good friend, Glenn Greenwald, was on, I think it's CNN, and I I have a clip of it that we have for the main show, but I wanted to play the full extended, uncut, full contextual version for those of you that are watching L-Overtime.
9: Glenn Greenwald was the reporter whom Edward Snowden contacted to voice his concerns about the surveillance state. You'll remember that he won a Pulitzer Prize for his work in The Guardian about the NSA. His most recent book is No Place to Hide, and he's co-founding editor of The Intercept. Glenn, respond to what I just said. Is this not the CIA doing exactly what their job is?
0: Vault seven. We
10: don't know because uh, most of this has taken place completely in the dark with very little oversight or public debate or accountability. And that's the problem with having these agencies that exercise enormous power, and there's almost no way to learn about them because virtually everything that they do is decreed to be secret, and therefore it's a felony to disclose it. And let's remember where WikiLeaks got this information. Even the U.S. government has told media outlets they didn't get it from Russia. It wasn't the Russians or Putin who took this information and gave it to WikiLeaks. It was people inside of these programs working on the program who became extremely concerned about the scope of the CIA's capabilities vastly exceeding what the public knew, including some quite dangerous things such as purposely keeping vulnerabilities in commonly used software programs and decided that it ought to be
0: public. So That, that guy's face, the guy that's interviewing him, his face looks like his brain is overloading right now. Look at his brain. It's completely overloaded by what Glenn is saying. Like What, what? What, 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 what? Which is purposely
10: keeping vulnerabilities in commonly used software programs and decided that it ought to be public so that we, the public, can have a debate about whether or not we want the CIA to be doing this.
9: Right, but to have a debate about it is to completely diffuse the opportunity for the CIA to listen in on evildoers like al-Qaeda and ISIS.
10: No, that's not true, and it's not true for several reasons. First of all, Terrorist groups, terrorist organizations are very sophisticated. They're well aware of the fact that the U.S. government is trying to eavesdrop on all of their electronic devices. Remember that Osama bin Laden wouldn't communicate with anybody except by personal career through somebody who was his cousin, who he trusted greatly, because, of course, terrorist groups already know and have long known that the CIA and the NSA and other organizations are trying to invade electronic communications. So what what Julian and, and WikiLeaks did in this case was, they, and it's very interesting, they didn't just take the information and just dump it all onto the internet. They redacted enormous amounts of this information, including the actual code, so that you couldn't tell how the CIA is doing it. You couldn't replicate it. You may not even be able to defend against it. So they took steps to prevent these programs from being destroyed, but gave us enough information to give us the broad strokes of what these intelligence agencies are capable of and are in fact doing.
9: I understand the point that you're making. I'm just saying that by the revelations, even without revealing the code, it takes out of the US arsenal the ability to implement these measures.
0: I want to show. So I want to stop right there. So that is, the, there's a couple of reasons why I don't like this um, argument. So the first thing is the overall, what he's arguing is this made America less safe. That's what the core of the argument is. I would I would suggest to you that you could demonstrably prove that America is less safe by not working with the tech companies to fix these zero-day vulnerabilities that they are purchasing on the black market. The reason why that is extra underscore extra extra egregious is because they're purchasing them on the black market. Two things that does. That raises the rate so these guys make more money. By discovering these kinds of things because the government can afford to pay way beyond what anyone else can afford to pay. So they can raise the rates. They, it makes these, the stakes higher for these attackers to find these exploits and sell them. So they are encouraging the black market by purchasing from the black market. Number one, it's just like drugs. Number two, by doing this, they are per- by, purchasing, by doing this being purchasing off the black market, they are buying exploits that are already known they may not they may not be the only customer so it is extra egregious that they are not getting these fixed Because these may be actively exploited by other governments or other private companies. Private companies. Private companies. These private companies could be buying these exploits and using them to spy on us to collect data, and the government isn't doing anything to work with companies to close these. This is extremely egregious. America is demonstrably, provably less safe by having active zero-day exploits out in the wild. Now... The other reason why I don't like this argument, besides it makes America less safe, because they are unquestionably, they are demonstrably, they are provably making America less safe by leaving zero days out there. So we will set that argument aside. The other, <clears throat> let's go back, let him, let him say his piece. U.S. arsenal, the ability to implement these measures. I want to show. So he's saying, so he, he goes on, he moves so fast, he doesn't give Glenn a chance to respond. But it he takes sa- out of the U.S. arsenal the ability to implement these measures. But we can pause him so that way he can't just steamroll right over. So he's saying it takes these weapons out of the arsenal of the U.S. military, a.k.a. the CIA, it was apparently a military operation, which is just frightening as fuck. So the reason why that's a really ridiculous idea is because these zero day are not these these infinite holes that would exist forever had they never said anything. Eventually, through years of research and millions of dollars, these companies over time would find these exploits and close them. So all of these zero days have a limited window that's what makes them so valuable. That's why it is so critical that the moment the federal government finds out about them, they work with the private industry to get them closed because they are so valuable at the beginning. They do not last. These are not things that just stay around. Down for well, in some cases. Like Shellshock, they do. But for the most part, these zero days are limited quantity items. So the idea that now they have none of them is ridiculous. Because guess what? The inverse works as well. New software is always being created, i.e. new bugs are always being created. New zero-day exploits are always being discovered. They will discover more. They have likely discovered more since these leaks came out. Because they are from last year. So it is very likely, if you think about it, for more than just a few seconds that not only has their entire arsenal not been exposed, but they have developed an entirely new arsenal of zero-day exploits. So both points of his arguments are demonstrably false. Number one, the American public is demonstrably, provably less false when these zero-day exploits are out in the wild. Number two, they have undoubtedly discovered new zero-day exploits and purchased new ones because the black market is thriving thanks to them. I want to show you something.
9: General Michael Hayden was on the BBC making a point that I'd love you to respond to.
5: In, in order to do this kind of stuff, we have to recruit from a certain demographic. And I, I don't mean to judge them at all. But this group of millennials, no, and, the millennials. And, and related groups simply have different understandings of the words uh, loyalty and secrecy and transparency than certainly my generation did.
9: So General Hayden is saying that the millennials, who are often the leakers, are much different. There's a generational divide than the people who hire them. Respond to that.
10: There may be some truth to that. People who are in their, are in their 20s and 30s who grew up With the Internet, already an important part of their lives may value it more and differently and therefore be more disturbed when there's actual invasions of privacy. That was something that I told me when I met
0: him about what motivated him to leak. I would say that defines myself, actually. So in some ways, Hayden may be right. I kind of gave him a hard time offline for blaming it on the millennials. But in some ways, I think Hayden could be right because simply younger people who grew up with this technology – have a better intrinsic understanding of its importance, how it works, and and how monitoring the network, monitoring your data, is infinitely more valuable than this traditional phone tapping of actual physical phone lines. And so, the fact that there's still widespread NSA uh, wide, what do they call it, a full uh, full collection? I can't remember the term, but you know, the full collection of that, that still exists. The fact that they're still scooping up lots of data overseas. All of that matters more than traditional wiretapping and I think millennials probably understand that better than say somebody traditionally in their mid to late 60s and 70s. I think they're perhaps less connected to the technology and so they don't understand the significant role that it plays and and the fact that it's really the back end plumbing for even the traditional phone calls people make now.
10: Was that the Internet was so important to his development as somebody who grew up poor and, and not able to explore the world except through the Internet that that he valued the Internet too greatly to allow it to be turned into a surveillance state. The irony, though, is that some of the worst leaks have come not from millennials, but from people like General David Petraeus, who leaked the most sensitive information, way more sensitive than WikiLeaks or Snowden League to his uh, girlfriend, uh, his mistress, to allow uh, him to write her, to write a hagiography uh, or General Cartwright. And this is the problem that I have, Michael. You know, a lot of people like you say, look, I'm very worried about what WikiLeaks is doing, and that's fine. I think if WikiLeaks really had the intentions that you were claiming, which is to destroy the U.S., they would release the code, they would release the targets, and they're not doing that because they're trying to be responsible. But I think the problem is there's no
0: consistency. Just- if, they were, if they were truly a propaganda arm for the Russian government, wouldn't they have released the full code? Because with the full code, what would have happened is we would have had an avalanche of reporting on all of a sudden all of the forensics data experts that would have discovered that what they thought was Russian malware was actually CIA malware. If they had given us more information, people would go back and look at their logs. People would go back and look at the code samples that they have. It would have blown the lid off the situation. If I think they had given out more information it would have been a bigger story. General Petraeus leaks
10: extremely sensitive information. He gets a slap on the wrist, doesn't spend a day in jail, and and then Michael Hayden forgets he exists and says, (laughs) oh, it's millennials doing this. Um, Leaking is a very common practice in the U.S., but if you're powerful, you get away with it. Um, You get really rich like Bob Woodward has done. If you're powerless, you get put into prison, and that's a major problem.
9: Glenn, I've got to ask you about the big picture issue being this ongoing probe of presumed Russian hack or attempted hack of the American election. I follow you on Twitter, and you tweeted something that caught my eye. Put that up on the screen, and I'll read it aloud. Uh, number one, Trump presidency is dangerous. Number two, CIA deep state abuse of spy powers to subvert elected government is dangerous. One can cogently believe both. <laughs>
3: So, thank you!
0: Thank you! Oh! Oh! Oh, I got to play it again. That is something that
9: caught my eye. Put that up on the screen and I'll read it aloud. Uh, Number one, Trump presidency is dangerous. Number two, CIA deep state abuse of spy powers to subvert elected government is dangerous. One can cogently believe both. Speak to that issue.
10: Sure. I mean, I'm somebody who has advocated a lot of political positions, devoted my journalism and my legal career before that to a lot of positions that the Trump presidency is waging war on. So I do think the Trump presidency poses severe dangers. But there is also a severe danger from having these unelected but extremely powerful people who operate in the dark, who exercise permanent power in Washington subverting the democratically elected government, which like it or not, is the Trump presidency. There's an article in the Boston Globe today essentially calling for the generals to intervene and save us from the elected political officials as though we're Egypt. Um, There's a lot of calls from Democrats for the CIA to continue to subvert the Trump administration, which (laughs) they dislike, for a whole variety of ideological reasons. And I'm very worried, not just about the dangers posed by the Trump presidency, but of this desire that we seem to have to have the military industrial complex, as Dwight Eisenhower called it when he warned about them 60 years ago, intervening in our democracy by imposing
9: their own will outside of the democratic process. So, let me ask a final question and try and wrap together all these subjects. Does Glenn Greenwald give any credence to a conspiracy theory that's now getting legs which says, hey, it wasn't the Russians playing games with our election, it was actually the CIA playing games with our election? I I think it was probably bald.
0: What a concept. Oh, that felt good. That was good, guys. I needed that. I needed that, right? I think you needed that, didn't you? Why does collusion always have to be just with the Russians? Because to me, you know what, it seems like what's right in front of us, one thing that we could almost prove, based on their own statements, is there is absolutely collusion between the intelligence agencies and the media we definitely have proof of that because they've told they've told us that they've told us that you know unidentified sources from intelligence have told us this so we definitely know there's collusion there but I, I don't think that's the collusion everyone's focused on
9: do you believe there has been uh, there's any evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign
23: and and Russia
9: there is this suggestion out there from an awful lot of Trump critics that those dots
5: may well connect in some way that points to collusion of alleged collusion between Donald Trump and Russia
1: a dossier bluntly asserts that there was collusion
5: allegations of Russian collusion the allegations of collusion with Russia or that there was some greater potential collusion
21: and lying about collusion criminality or collusion. Now I'm not even at the direct
1: collusion uh, stage yet. I'm not saying that there was necessarily collusion
21: possible collusion, Whether there was collusion, collusion with the Russians, and any collusion, alleged mm-hmm. collusion,
0: and this question of collusion—is
11: there any evidence of of collusion?
0: Any evidence of any connections
11: between the Trump campaign collusion? We, we, we but,
1: don't know it. But, don't but you know said it. That the collusion. There's no evidence Allison.
21: that there's collusion. But they didn't find any evidence of collusion. We have no evidence of collusion, or there is no evidence of collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign.
0: You know, I almost feel like there's a message they're trying to relay to us, and you know, when I play these. I wonder if you guys understand. You're getting like two percent of what it's like to be producer Matt and I. Two percent of what our daily life is like.
17: There's an attitude on the committee that we need to get answers for the American people appropriately.
0: So, guys, good news, good news. Uh, <clears throat> Lindsey Graham's here to get us answers. If you didn't, uh, if you didn't know, Lindsey Graham, of course, uh, Trump is uh, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I got I got to imagine Trump's got a list of people he hates and Lindsey Graham has got to be somewhere on that list. Lindsey Graham working with John McCain as part of the never Trump Republicans consistently been going after Trump since the moment he became a candidate. Uh, I say that unbiasedly. I, it's just it, to me, it's completely fascinating to see the Republicans eating their own. You know, I play the I play the O'Nancy segment to uh, – to demonstrate the divisions, which I, I believe there are three factions of the Democrats. I believe. I, I could be wrong. This is just from watching. There seems to be a Warren faction, a Sanders faction, and there's, there's a lot that they agree upon there, but there's still some big differences. I would say the Sanders faction is even more progressive. And then you really have the establishment faction. That's the Clinton side. That's the Pelosi, the Schumer faction, the Schiff. That's that's the faction that keeps losing the elections. That's the faction that, even while Obama was in office, just had devastating losses. That's the establishment faction, the one that's really I, that I really make fun of in the O'Nancy segment. That faction of the Democratic Party is more, and I played a clip last week that just really illustrated this. Is more than happy to collude. Speaking of collusion with the never-Trump Republicans. The never, if you had a chart, the never-Trump Republicans and the Democratic establishment would essentially overlay with each other. They're essentially one party. It's a fascinating thing to watch. We all know it. We've all seen it, but are we, are we really articulating what we're seeing here? This is really an incredible thing that we're seeing. Lindsey Graham and John McCain are working together with Democrats like Schumer and Pelosi and Feinstein remarkable so lindsey graham's here to get us some answers
17: there's a attitude on the committee that we need to get answers for the american people appropriately
0: this is the man to do it guys everybody knows lindsey graham's the man to do it
17: uh in our appropriate fashion so what what are we trying to do the current president says that he believes that the former president maybe not personally but the former president through the government surveilled his campaign in 2016 as a matter of fact today they said they're extremely confident there was some kind of surveillance of the
0: campaign now he seems to say he's a little confused like some kind of now do you do you believe that any person on that on that really really big bench there do you think any of them are not aware of the nsa surveillance program any of they all have probably been monitored some they probably are they probably know that they're being actively monitored by the intelligence community right now all of them Because a lot of them speak with foreign correspondents, number one. But number two, they just probably – they know this. I think we should – I think that's not a big logical leap to make. That's not some some insane mound of conspiracy bacon. I think it's pretty understandable based on leaks that we have seen and from what we know on on all sorts of things that we've observed and been reported upon that there is very likely at least at times where any of these individuals have fallen under surveillance either because they've called a foreign member of of another country or – Simply because the spy apparatus is out of control. that could also be likely. So I remember the cognitive dissonance that's happening here. This is a performance for you, ladies and gentlemen. This man is vo- fully aware that President Obama could wire – quote-unquote wiretap using a 70-year-old man's parlance, could wiretap. Without ever going to the Justice Department, without ever going to the FBI, because everyone is being wiretapped all the time. That's how it works now. And that's not part of the FISA court even. That's just something that's happening. Now, to get access to it, that's the, that's the tricky part. How do you get access to it? The traditional means would be via the FBI or the Justice Department. But if it's something the NSA already has collected and you get FISA approval – you could get direct access to it from, as a political office if it's part of the military and you're part of the executive branch. There's nothing there that prevents that. That's how it works. It doesn't have to go through the Justice Department. It doesn't have to go through the FBI. This man, Lindsey Graham, I trust you, knows that. I, I, I trust knows that. I, I don't I, – I how can we really know? How could we know? We do not know what is in Lindsey Graham's mind. So I can't say that with – like I guarantee – But something tells me in his position, a man like him knows that to be true. He is aware of the NSA collection. He is aware that the executive branch could get access to it. He might have to go through the FISA court. He might not have to go through the FISA court. He's aware of all of these facts. He is aware that you don't have to have wiretapping on demand anymore. He is aware that the parlance of wiretapping was just shorthand for meaning surveillance. He knows all of these things. This is a performance. Uh, In our appropriate fashion. So what, am, what are we trying to do? <clears throat>
17: the current <clears throat> president says yeah. that he believes that the former president, maybe not personally, but the former president through the government surveilled his campaign in 2016. As a matter of fact, today they said they're extremely confident there was some kind of surveillance of the campaign. I have no evidence for that, but I can tell you this. That a- a question needs to be answered because I don't think it's ever been raised before.
0: <laughs> How could there be evidence? It's classified.
17: And the bottom line is a lot of Americans are wondering what's going on here. What's going on? So what I'm trying to do is get answers to the questions raised by President Trump. He's asking us to investigate, and we will.
0: What I'm going to do is I'm going to trap him. You see, because he started this, and now I'm going to fuck him with it. That's what I'm going to do. You see, he's got himself into a pickle, and I'm going to take advantage of it.
17: And to me, it's very reasonable to ask ask the FBI and Department of Justice, did you ever seek a warrant? Was a warrant obtained from any court anywhere about the Trump campaign?
0: To me, it's obvious that if I ask the FBI and the Justice Department if they wiretap Trump, they're going to say no. So it's a safe political bet to ask them because once they say no, I'll then have reason for further investigation into the lunacy of Donald Trump. If the answer is no, then we'll know that didn't happen. Oh, If
17: the answer is yes, that would be pretty stunning to me because they would have to have probable cause.
0: Which, if they have probable cause, means I'll launch an investigation into their Russian connections. So either way, he's fucked.
17: I don't know what the answer is, but I know it's the right question to ask.
0: Because I can't lose.
17: The second thing, we met with uh, the director, I think, on March the 8th. And we said, Senator Whitehouse and myself, that we want to know if there's a criminal investigation Mm -hmm. of the Trump campaign in ties to Russia. Because we're about to launch an investigation into all things Russia regarding the 2016 election.
0: Now, listen to what he's saying here. He wants them. Look at that lady behind her. Look at that lady and that guy behind him. This is the important part. This is the important part of Lindsey Graham's entire little ramble here. Look at their faces. They betray how serious this moment is. What Lindsey Graham is about to tell you is they're about to launch an investigation into all things Russia. And if that leads us down the path of impeachment, then so be it. But if we're going to go down that path, we might step on your toes if you're already doing an investigation. So you really need to give us a heads up because we're about to rumble. And if you're doing an investigation, we're going to butt heads. That's what he's saying here.
17: And we said, Senator Whitehouse and myself, that we want to know if there's a criminal investigation of the Trump campaign and ties to Russia. Because we're about to launch an investigation into all things Russia regarding the 2016 election. I don't want to compromise your investigation. I don't want to get in the way of your investigation. But the Congress is proceeding fairly blindly here. Aha! I think we would all be better off as a body if we knew that there was an investigation or not. Because so we don't know if this is legitimate, but we're about to put our dicks out there's not one we'll take that in consideration
0: about how we might do things differently if- we might go more serious we might realize we don't have the political will if there is one we don't want to run afoul of it Geez, well there's all kinds of things to consider isn't there lindsay you got to make sure you plan this thing out you better be careful too don't make any of your plans any of your secret plans around any microwaves lindsay
25: there was an article this week that talked about how you can surveil someone through their phones through their uh, certainly through their television sets uh, any number of different ways, and microwaves that turn into cameras, etc. So we... I say balderdash! What did she just say? Television sets, uh, any number of different ways, and microwaves that turn into cameras, etc.
0: Microwaves that turn into cameras. Now... I'm trying to think that one through because I want to give Kelly the, the benefit of the doubt here because I do, I do believe that our intelligence agencies are some clever SOBs and they could turn just about anything into a surveillance device. So I'll give her that, especially if the damn thing – OK. But – OK. So here's what we got to um, – so are we is – the, is the microwave Wi-Fi connected and it has like a webcam to like watch the food connect, cook? And so they compromise, like, the embedded FreeBSD system that's super out of date on this thing. They compromise that. They get access to the camera and they stream pictures. And it has a microphone, too, so you can hear the popcorn cook. Like, I'm trying to think about the scenarios in which a microwave has the equipment to do this. Now, okay, or perhaps they get physical access to the microwave. It's not like a remote attack at all. They get physical access to the microwave. Uh huh. Then they ins- they they open up the front panel of the microwave. They put a camera behind the timer screen and a microphone behind the button. And boom, you got a surveillance microphone.
25: Well, you can surveil someone through their phones, through their uh, certainly through their television sets. Uh, any number of different ways, and uh, microwaves that turn into cameras, et cetera.
0: Microwaves that turn into cameras? Does she mean there is a way to, like, take the waves of the microwave and, and bounce that into, like, a like some sort of CSI zoom and enhanced image? I, I'm, I, like, I'm on board until she says the microwave. Like, if she just said the microwave is a surveillance device, i like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know why, but when she specifically says turn the microwave into a camera... That seems like a very specific thing. That seems like a thing she's heard of before. Because she's turning the microwave, like not using it as a listening device, not using it to sense when you're in the room, not using it to see how long you like to cook your cup of noodles, but just using it as a
25: camera? That's, I just, I don't know. You can surveil someone through their phones, through their, uh, certainly through their television sets, uh, any number of different ways, and microwaves that turn into cameras, etc. Ah! I don't know about
0: that. Maybe she's just, like, making stuff up, like, you know, worst-case stuff, like... You know, but she's got to be careful, because everybody's double-checking every word she says. You wouldn't want a double standard to crop up. The White House has accused the media of double standards after
12: largely ignoring revelations the CIA can frame other countries for hacking.
0: Yeah, that is a good one. I do think that's kind of funny how that's just sort of... Nobody's... Hey, what? Oh, yeah, we're not talking about that. But they can look like Russians. Shut up.
12: WikiLeaks latest file dump shows the American intelligence chiefs could have used stolen computer malware, including from Russia, to make it look like Moscow was behind cyber attacks during the U.S. presidential election.
0: Huh, you know, it's funny if you remember from uh, one of our last couple of episodes that TechSnap, of TechSnap that Alan and myself did. I don't, <laughs> You remember, right? Because obviously you listen to that. But anyways, one of the things that Alan did is he tracked back the malware to a re- re- Ukrainian army member. Now the thing I think that's fascinating about that is we're all bud, we're all in now with the Ukrainian army. We're all buds since all. So it seems like it would have been very easy for us to get our hands on that software in the last few years. Just something I thought was interesting. It's interesting how there is sort of a double standard with
4: when you know it's it's interesting the leaks occur, how much outrage there is. Interesting. And, and, and so I, I do think it's important. While I don't want to get into confirming or denying no, this particular thing, I think it interesting. is interesting. Um, but this is interesting. how different subjects are approached. This one, everyone is immediately rushing to, and there should be a lot more coverage of this.
12: WikiLeaks has promised more revelations, saying this first file dump is just 1% of the total data they have, with some saying the information could play into Russia's hands, as RT's Polyboco reports.
6: When the U.S. accused Russia of hacking the DNC, citing its high confidence but providing no solid evidence, vast swathes of the media present it as unquestionable
0: fact.
11: These hacks have taken place by Russians. In
0: fact, it is now just it's just a given. The Russians hacked the election. It's not even like we don't quite know for sure. It is just Part of the conversation. The intelligence community says that Russia is behind this in some form. But- Russian state actors broke into the DNC. But what to do when... You know, oh my God, that clip reminded me right there. Wow. See, this is the thing, you guys. I really think in like 10 years, I'm going to look back at these episodes, the 2016 election, and it's going to be so obvious that I'm going to be mad at myself. Hey, future Chris, I understand you're upset right now. I didn't go hard enough on this. Because if you, that guy right here, hold I'm on, for wait for, for it. it. This guy right here was the first... This is where the first link to the Russians came from. That right? Ra- hey, Charum. Hey, room. I got to do this for future Chris. I'm sorry. It's going to take a second. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to do, overdo this, but... Hey, Charum. Who's that person? Which organization does this person work for or did he work for? This was where the first connection to the Russians came from. The first allegation. Does anybody remember where he came from? I'll give you a hint. This interview took place in Philadelphia, one day before the Democratic National Convention. You ready? You ready? You ready? Ladies and gentlemen. And I can, I can back this up by the unfiltered supporter sync. You can check it there yourself. It is unquestionable. The first accusation and link came from Bobby, the campaign manager for Hillary Clinton's campaign. This was it. This was the moment. We played this on the show. I broke down the, chronicle, the chronological order that this news came out. This was it. This is where the news came from. Everything about the Russian hacks started right here with this man, the manager of the Clinton campaign. It's where it all started from. And now, here we are in March of 2017, and it's just part of the conversation. It's a foregone conclusion that the Russians hacked. It's gone from a campaign accusation, which had every motive under the sun to make it look like the Russians. To now, it's just a it's a foregone conclusion. It's just it's part of our parlance now. And state actors broke into the DNC. But what to do when the biggest leak of
6: secret CIA files in history reveals that U.S. intelligence is able to mimic other countries' cyber attacks?
13: If this claim is true, WikiLeaks has
2: dealt
21: a significant blow to U.S. national security.
2: Every time. A place like WikiLeaks blows uh, our ops. It means that the bad guys evolve. WikiLeaks.
0: Now, again, that's shit. I won't go into another tyrant about a a rant or, or if you will like... Now, let's not call it a rant. Let's call it a breakdown. Let's call it an imp- a passionate breakdown of why that was crap.
14: ...has now delivered to hackers of the world the tools they could use for copycat attacks. Wrong. WikiLeaks, in fact, could
0: have gone further, I believe. In fact, I wish they would have gone further, so that way people making tools to detect these things could have be- built better tools. This is 100% propaganda coming out of this man's mouth.
14: ...now delivered to hackers of the world the tools they could use for copycat attacks... On the same devices that the CIA is said to have attacked.
0: What to do
6: indeed. Point the finger at Russia, of course. This time for pouncing on the story and peddling disinformation. Or brand the idea that the CIA might be behind the hacks as conspiracy theory.
0: You know, if I was Julian Assange, I would pay double right now. I would pay double to get some great, great leaks about the Russians. They have have embarrassed the Russian government in the past. Maybe it's time to do that again. Just saying, just saying. Okay, how you feeling? Are you feeling all right? You feeling okay? Are you ready to dip in? Are you ready to go? Are you ready to? All right. I was debating if I should play these because they're a little frustrating to watch. But Jake Tapper, he's been getting a lot of attention. He's, he's, sort, of, uh, he's sort of really the star at uh, CNN right now. They had him down at South by Southwest even. It's <laughs> just ridiculous.
15: The House Intelligence Committee requested that the Justice Department provide them today with any proof at all backing up President Trump's tweets from earlier this month. Some of them, to recall, terrible. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. Is it legal for a sitting president to be wiretapping a race for president prior to an election turned down by court earlier? A new low. How low has President Obama gone to tap my phone's during the very sacred election process. This is Nixon, Watergate, bad or sick. Now, it's funny, and it's hard,
0: to, uh, it's hard to really understand unless you've been watching a lot of CNN. And for your audio audience, audio audience, audio, for your audio listeners, I, I, I got to paint a scene for you. So what we have here is Jake Tapper. And up on the, up on the screen, they had now have their go-to graphic for Trump's Twitter feed. The thing that I want you to picture in your mind, just above the CNN logo on the lower third, is a picture of Vladimir Putin. Right there, above the CNN logo, a picture of Vladimir Putin. Next to that picture is now the famous CNN countdown, which we saw them first start exploiting during the MH crashes. Now they do it for every little damn thing they can possibly think of. In the box it says, special report, the most powerful man in the world. And then a picture of Vladimir Putin, four hours, 58 minutes, and 28 seconds, while Jake talks.
15: My phone's during the very sacred election process. This is Nixon, Watergate, bad or sick guy. Now, to recap, since those tweets nine days ago, this charge by the president has been called false by the director of the fbi false by the former director of national intelligence and not one credible informed source that we can find in washington has said that the president's accusation is true and i'm including vice president pence in that group is he talking
0: about the russian hacks of the dnc or is he is he talking about the wiretapping
15: to say that members of the house intelligence committee are expecting reams of paper to prove this charge coming their way today Well, that would be doing a disservice to the members of that select committee.
0: That's a cute but somewhat clunky way to say that they don't expect any evidence because they all fucking know it's classified.
15: And we as a nation, we've had to live in this farce for the last nine days, where defenders of the president have twisted themselves into pretzels to try to suggest the possibility that the tweets weren't preposterous by rejiggering the facts of the tweets to try to make this wild And unfounded claim by the president seem to live somewhere in the vicinity of the neighborhood of possible.
0: I really feel like this is CNN. CNN feels a little upset. They feel a little hurt that Trump's attacked them as fake news. And so now anytime he says anything that might be exaggerating or might not have evidence that he can provide and they know he can't provide it, they go after him. But the issue is it demonstrates to anybody that is. Paying attention that on some matters, CNN is willing to demand the evidence and CNN is willing to ask hard questions and not letting – CNN doesn't want politicians to give weasel word answers. But then when they're interviewing Nancy Pelosi, she can ramble on incoherently for 15 minutes and they just lap it all up. So unfortunately for Jake, although he's trying to show like how they really follow the facts, what he's actually demonstrating – is there selective in which times they pursue the case and the facts? It it's sort of un, it's so hilarious. The harder they try, the more they
15: undermine their own credibility. To live somewhere in the vicinity of the neighborhood of possible.
4: I think there's a there's no question that the Obama administration that there were actions about surveillance and other activities that occurred in the 2016 election. That is a widely um, reported. Activity that occurred back then. The president used the word wiretap in quotes to mean broadly surveillance and other activities.
15: So to break out White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer's Trump to English dictionary. By-
0: See again, now I agree it's a it's a bullshit loophole answer, but that's actually not that bad compared to what we normally hear D- how if you, if you just look at the way Josh Earnest last week answered the question when asked if Obama was wiretapping Trump and the way Josh Earnest answered that question compared to the way that Spicy just answered that question, there was way more bullshit language on Josh's side and they didn't call it out. They don't have an issue with it. But all of a sudden now when we're, when we're dealing with Spicy Sean, that's when we have the issue. Don't you think that's a little weird? It seems like a. That seems like they're just demonstrating their bias there.
12: Deb Gorka, a deputy assistant to President Trump, is accusing President Obama of being behind recent leaks from the intelligence community. You say that no Obama staffers have been involved in leaks.
19: Martha, what I can tell you is that the men and women of our intelligence community are patriots and. That's not an answer. These are professionals who have served presidents in both administrations, and they took an oath to protect this country and set aside their own political views. And that's what the men and women of our intelligence community do.
0: So when when Josh has that answer to that very direct question, Jake doesn't have an issue with it. But when spicy Sean gives a sort of similar bullshit answer, which is actually was way less bullshit. That's when Jake's got to hold truth to power doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. It shows a certain double standard and they just undermine their own credibility. I'll give you another one. Excuse from them. That doesn't make sense. You have to look for another reason. So she's talking about Trump's taxes. The reason why he hasn't given them out. It doesn't make sense. You have to look for another reason. Now, this is where you should begin to start proceeding very carefully. This is where cognitive dissonance, this is where our, our natural inclination to pattern match can start running astray. And this is where we can, be, we can start to create our own types of illusions. Listen to the words that actually come out of this woman's mouth. ...excuse
1: from them, that doesn't make sense. You have to look for another reason. All right, the stated explanation here makes no sense. What's the real explanation?
0: Well, choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure is the giveaway right there. Do you hear that? Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. That means pick the story that fits best for your own narrative, is what she's really saying. What's the real explanation? Well, choose your own adventure. I'm going to demonstrate to you now how Rachel chooses her own adventure. Here's an example. This is a home that Donald
1: Trump purchased in Palm Beach, Florida for just over $40 million in 2004. Less than four years later, a Russian oligarch paid him almost $100 million for that same house. Could Trump tax returns shed light on whether any reasonable outlay of expenses on Trump's part might explain why somebody would suddenly want to pay Donald Trump more than double what he paid for that property after only a few years at a time when housing prices in that area were dropping and not rising?
0: And here is where the story begins. The illusion has been created. Donald Trump had a bad real estate purchase in Florida, which it wasn't, by the way. It's Mar-a-Lago. It's, it's it's like it's 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 a brand that's world famous, but he couldn't subdivide it the way he wanted. And there's airplanes that go over bit overhead. So he ends up selling it after he tried and failed to be able to subdivide it. He sells it to this Russian billionaire. This is the story Rachel is about to tell you. He sells it. When he should have taken a loss, but yet somehow he sells it for a profit. Now, she'll say 100 million. It's actually 96 million. I have the links in the show notes. And it goes on. I mean, if this wasn't just some Russian oligarch dumping almost 60 million
1: dollars into Donald Trump's pocket for no discernible reason, couldn't Trump tax returns clear that up? Now she takes that word dumping and she runs with it wouldn't Trump's taxes show whatever reasonable real estate inflow and outflow might explain what otherwise really does look like a bizarre dump of tens of millions of
0: dollars of Russian money into Donald Trump's coffers? She goes on for another four minutes connecting this funding by the Russians, an oligarch, to Trump. And that if we only had his taxes, it would reveal all of it. The problem is, You can look it up. In fact, I've already linked it all for you in the show notes. That man, that oligarch, that Russian oligarch, didn't buy the property himself. He was in the middle of an extremely nasty divorce. A trust set up in his name because he is a multi-billionaire bought that property. The man's never been there. The man's never lived there. In fact, it's not even clear because the divorce just wrapped up last year, and mind you, this was a multi-year divorce that happened during the purchase. He had no access to his own assets. The trust bought it for him, and now it may actually own be owned by the wife. There's no conspiracy here. An extremely rich Russian who has money for days because he's in the oil business has a trust in his name. Which takes his money, and buys famous expensive assets like Mar-a-Lago in the United States. Mar-a-Lago. The scandal here is that the guy couldn't even get access to the own home to his own home that his trust bought. That's the scandal. But Rachel Meadow, because she's pattern matching, because she's choosing her own adventure here, Rachel Meadow makes this about dumping funds into Trump. Reasonable you know, real estate inflow and outflow might
1: explain what otherwise really does look like a bizarre dump of tens of millions of dollars of Russian money into Donald Trump's coffers.
0: I'll tell you another scenario. Donald Trump makes a haphazard purchase of a very expensive property in Florida, struggles for years to get, the floor, to get the local airport to redirect their airplanes so it's not so damn noisy, fails to do so, fails to secure subdividing of the property, then turns it around and sells it for way more than it's worth to a billionaire sucker who's not making the purchases himself, and guess what? Walks away making a great deal. So Rachel Meadow just showed that Trump was good at real estate, everybody, but she turns it into this Russian dumping conspiracy because she's pattern matching. That's the way it works. This is the CBS Evening News with Scott Pelley. Today, we
21: learn the length of the president's fuse. 28 days. It has been a busy day for presidential statements divorced from reality. Some of the problems Mr. Trump promised to solve last night don't actually exist. President Trump has been an inspiration to many, including many of his opponents. It seems like the common denominator of Mr. Trump's woes is the Constitution. Today, (laughs) the president had another Twitter tantrum. Well, the president's real troubles, again today, were not with the media, but with the facts. This comes after a rough start to his presidency, a weekend of tweeting tantrums and falsehoods, President Trump drew an X today through the welcoming words of the nearby Statue of Liberty. As poignant as his salute to Ryan Owens was, Mr. Trump did not mention other Americans fighting overseas. Is it appropriate to ask whether the president is having difficulty with rationality?
0: Oh, it's my favorite one right there. Oh, I think, Scott, uh, Scott, again, you just get a little 2% of what I enjoy throughout the whole week. It's so good, though. It's so good. And then we'll end on what was my favorite. And we didn't really get a chance to, like, boil it all down into a single clip. So this one finally does Even it for Even at us. the
8: times where you were dealing with the worst criticism, where it must have been very difficult to hear and read some of the things that were being said by the press in this country, did you ever consider the media to be the enemy of the american people so many questions about the contacts between trump associates during the campaign and the russian government as a former president would you like to see a special prosecutor appointed to look into this once and for all and give the american people answers what we're hearing today about a muslim ban. do you think the president's position on this has been well thought out by banning people from seven predominantly muslim countries from entering this this country do we make it easier or harder to fight the war on terrorism just wanna make sure i understand you for or against the ban you're against the ban you sat at the inauguration you listened to president trump's inaugural address and he talked about american carnage yeah, and the fact that so much has gone wrong in this country and so much is wrong is that the america you see when you travel around this country. There's enormous division right now. And and although President Trump has said he hopes to unify the country, have you in the first month seen him do or say anything that, in your opinion, would be an attempt to heal the wounds of the election? Well, first of
17: all, there's only been one month in office. And so it's, uh, you know, he's got four years. Secondly, I think you have to take the man for his word that he wants to unify the country, and we'll see whether he's able to do so. It's hard to unify the country, though, with the news media uh, being so split up. When I was president, uh, you know, you mattered a lot more.
0: Oh, let's do it one more time. Split up.
17: When I was president, uh, you know, you mattered a lot more. (laughs) That's got to be the best (laughs) thing.
0: Look at Matt's face, dude.
3: Uh, Look at Matt's
17: face. (laughs)
2: If you weren't the president, I'd punch you right now.
0: (laughs) I love it so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash unfilter. I love you. I love you, too. Thanks for supporting us. We'll see you back here next week. See you guys. Bye now. Bye. Bye.